Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to episode two of the Third Face Podcast. This episode, I've got my good friend James Campbell uh, joining me just to chat shit for a couple of hours. Uh, we spoke about jiu-jitsu, UFC, rugby, travel, a couple of other things. Uh, we have the UFC on watching one of the latest pay-per-views. Uh, the conversation already started, so I just hit record, and uh, we went from there. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah, like... um. All, all the things that just pop up in yeah, the bottom yeah, corner. Yeah, look, Darren Till, Karen Till. <laughs> He's put a wig on his little picture. <laughs> mate, Darren Till is a funny guy, you know. Oh, mate, he takes everything in his stride, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Because, mate, he actually moved over to Brazil for a bit, didn't he? Because he was getting in so much trouble. Yeah, because I've seen... He fought on a... I think he was... It wasn't, like, main, but it was, like, a card. And he spoke uh, Portuguese in Brazil, obviously. Cause I was, Did he? Yeah, yeah, he was speaking to the crowd. I'm... I'm to be fair, I'm not going to be 100% sure on this, but I'm 95% sure he was speaking to the crowd in Portuguese and they went mad for it. Yeah, it's when he was first in UFC. But in all fairness, I suppose if he was living in Brazil for 10 years... Well, survival, isn't it? Mate, you've got, you got, you got to learn the language. Oh, the two language, fighting. And <laughs> Portuguese, you've got to know and, both, haven't you? And football. What? Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's football? Well, I mean, no one who's, who's these birds now? So who is it? So this is the UFC 250... What is this one? 256? 257. 257. John Wood and... Who's the other bird? Glasgow, Scotland. But I do like her. I think she's pretty cool. I'd, hey, I know there's hate from Scotland for the English, but I'll support anyone who's, who's on our yeah. little leg of land. And then who's the Meatball Molly as well? <laughs> what a name Meatball Molly <laughs> yeah Molly um, oh, I can't think I can't think of her name but yeah Meatball Molly I think she is uh, that's what her Instagram thing is little nickname isn't it <laughs> nah, look at how many like how many things actually come from anything important it just Dustin the Diamond Poirier yeah, yeah. I mean for all I know that might be a diamond mind in Louisiana but <laughs> yeah his dad used to work at it yeah but I mean it's just, it's just a bit of repetition and it sounds good Mate, you reckon he's got the best nickname? I mean... In, in MMA? In MMA. Obviously, I was always about Ben Askren being Ben Funky Askren, but it was Funky Ben Askren, not Ben Funky Askren. So when... Yeah, yeah. When, um... What's his name? Bruce Buffer used to announce it. He used to say it the wrong way around. He used to annoy me, but... Oh, really? Yeah, but obviously that was from when he was a wrestler and he obviously had the... The afro, didn't he? Oh, mate, the funky hair. Yeah, yeah. So that's where he carried his from. But I'm, I'm Mighty Mouse, I like Mighty Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I like Game Bread as well. Oh, yeah, all the best. Oh, no, Nigerian Nightmare. Oh, who's that? Kamara, was Yeah, it? yeah. Mate, if you're stood in the ring and he shouts Nigerian Nightmare, and then you see this guy, about 4% body fat, <laughs> can rest his ass off, unit. got a cardio, I mean, he's going to hit you. Colby Covenant, I'm, any other era. It's dominant. Yeah. Look what Kamara Usman's done to him. Yeah, yeah. But you, do you feel Gilbert the Burns got a chance, you know? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hey, I, feel, I feel like Gilbert Burns, he, again, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, at top of the food chain when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Can yeah. strike, got a tank. He should have fought him already, but obviously had to pull out. I don't know if it was COVID or an injury, but if anyone's yeah. got a chance, again, said this with Tony and Khabib, but if anyone's got a chance, could be him. Mate, do you remember the fight that he had with them when he won the title from Woodley? Oh, mate, he just he took his soul. Mate, I see. To me, it just it it seemed like 
seemed it. It seemed like um, it, it looked like Woodley just found out his dad died. Oh yeah, he wasn't. There's a the like kind of iconic photo. I think is it is it the end of the, the fourth or the third round? Woodley's in the corner of the cage, and Kamara stood up walking across, and you it, like Woodley was just the nail. Yeah, he just was getting bashed all night, and all American wrestler, and he just it looked like he'd never wrestled before in his life. It's it's. Pass yeah. another guard. Pass another guard. Mate, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was um, like Woodley had a bad, um, like a bad night, or just Uzman was just too much for him. Yeah, I mean, wh- me and you'll never know unless you're planning to get into MMA. Uh, no, no, not at twenty five stone. No, I mean, the partial looks I have left, I, I hopefully will keep them. But yeah, I, I, you don't know what goes on as a fighter. I never will. Never plan to. Nah. You got camps, you got personal life, you got it could be something as minute as hydration, you know. You might have not hydrated correctly. So yeah, that night. But again, Woodley hasn't looked the same fighter since that though, has he? Mate, they've just um they've just said so he's gonna be fighting Vicente Luque. Really? Yeah. He could lose again. Yeah. What's is he on a three fight lose streak at the moment? Who was his last fight? So obviously lost to Camaro. Yeah. Lost to Colby. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? And he was a fight after that. Has he had one after that? Or was there one in between that? I'm not sure. I might be wrong. But, I mean, obviously, he had those fights against Wonderboy. They were good. Well, the first one was a really good fight. The second one was so boring. Tactical masterclass, so, you know, what are you going to do against no, a course. guy? Just... Yeah, because I think it's Ever Hawaii who says, um, you know, you have to... Like if if you're the champion, you don't have to win the fight. You just have to not lose as such. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? You yeah. Because so. mate, um, your mate is he Adesanya? Oh, me and him go way back. <laughs> <laughs> way back to last year. <laughs> way back to last year, we had one photo together, and that was it. Bredens for life. I wonder if he tells people he met me. <laughs> I, I, maybe. Mate, all I say, I'm pretty big, six foot five, sixteen stone. And how he makes middleweight, because he felt like he was bigger than me. Yeah? Oh, my God. I have no doubt he is going to still be big at light heavyweight. Mate, the thing mm. is, yeah, like, when you look at um him, and then, like, when he fought Costa, that's what I was going to say, like, the fight with Costa was, was ridiculous. Yeah. The one with Yo Romero was even worse. But he, um, well, mate, again, Yo Romero, the, the, just the body difference between them two is insane. Yeah. He's it's... just, like, a skinny rake. And, like... Costa and um, uh, Yo Romero, absolute unit. I, I mean, they're all first team when it comes to bodies, isn't they? I mean, if you if someone said, "What do you want to look like?" Is if it was like a barber shop and those two were in there, you'd go, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll yeah. go for that." Yeah, it'd be alright with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably. I know there you you got your sadder testing pool. And yeah, pure speculation. But if you if I seen them and I didn't know they were in USADA testing pool, I'd be going not a chance. You've got traps which you got gills. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. It's, well, mate, um, Yo Romero had um won a lawsuit for like oh tainted supplement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty seven million. Yeah, but didn't it, I? I heard somewhere that the company then obviously just bankrupt or disbanded, and he ended up getting zero because they couldn't oh cha- no, I've heard something like yeah, yeah. Again, we're That's... talking so much like speculation saying, we have heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently the rumour has it. Yeah, probably heard it from a podcast, heard it from a podcast, heard it from a podcast. Yeah. 
But no, I mean, I, I heard quite an interesting thing about Yao Romero. I think it was in the lead up to... Uh, who did he just fight? Um, and lost to. Was his last fight Adesanya? Was it? I'm not sure. Because he's in Bellator now, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, light heavyweight. It should have been light heavyweight since day. But yeah. his, obviously he's from Cuba. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, from what I gather, you're just told what you're going to do there. And oh. his, I want to say his uncle was a world champion boxer. His cousin was a world champion boxer. Yeah. And it's like his family's line is boxers. But when he was a child, they said, you, you're going into wrestling. But he didn't want to. But he obviously went into he the wrestling. He was told. He was told. That's, that's what you're told. doing. So that's why he rarely ever goes for a takedown or anything like that. And he wants to stand and bang, which obviously is pretty... It's good. It's good that you want to do that and you have the backup of a Olympic wrestler. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just mental to to think that. But I think it's like the more successful you were at wrestling, the more food you got given. So it was like an incentive as a yeah, kid I've heard to do that. well. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard someone yeah. say about like that with Joe Romero. But I mean, but he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, wasn't he? Yeah, with Joey Diaz translating. Mate, that guy's hilarious. Oh man, he's he's. He is the perfect podcast host, really, isn't he? He's got, like, a life... He's just got a well of experience, and he just plucks these stories, and he go, oh, June, it was snowy, 1974, I was on a bus, and uh, I was with Dave, blah, 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 and you think... Mate, it's like Steve that? Dibbs, isn't it? Oh, like Dibbs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there with Corsa Kev. <laughs> Corsa Kev. It was, uh, it was a Thursday student night at Spirals. <laughs> I've never heard. I've never seen spirals. Didn't even know it existed. But I feel like I know. I feel like you were stories. there. Oh, it's just yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, that's that is the equivalent of what chases is in Kingswood. What well, absolute dive! Don't take Chase's name in vain. All right, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's it's, it's just yeah. Joey Diaz. What a, I think is it a thousandth episode with Joe Rogan? I legit was on the treadmill. Yeah. At the gym. And Joey Diaz is telling this story. It's, it's Tom Segura and Joey Diaz on Joe Rogan for the thousandth episode. He's telling this story. And if anyone's out there and you haven't listened to it, just is it, you will not waste a moment of your life listening to that. I was on the treadmill and I was laughing so hard I had to stop. I had to like hold onto the things, pop onto the side because I was just laughing. I thought I can't Mate, run the, and do the this. The funniest thing I've ever heard him say was about that um, Susquehanna weed. No, I know oh, this story. Oh, mate, he's just, oh, I can't remember what it was, but he's just going, he's just going mental. Um, I think he went to the podcast, obviously, with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan had given us a weed, and he was just, oh, what is this shit? What is this shit, Susquehanna weed? <laughs> <laughs> and Joe's like, sorry, Susquehanna, Susqua who? <laughs> mate, but, and they started doing the, like, the little cartoons, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, not started, but they've been doing it for a little while, and some of those, mate, like when he's uh, oh, the changing flavors one. I was about that's my that's the story for me. Oh, that's he's amazing. changing flavors. Oh, mate, he's. Uh, I know he's a stand-up, and some people refer to him as like one of the best ever. But he he is the perfect, very similar to you, <laughs> the right. perfect character for a podcast. Right. Some you just you sit in a room, time passes, you go, oh, I had to go. Oh my god, I had to go two hours ago. Mate, yeah, me, me and Duncan, like in all fairness, obviously you've listened to it. I hope. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I have. Yeah, mate, Duncan chats a lot, but mate, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, it was like we started, and then yeah, like nearly three hours later, I was like, ah, right, times just. Well, it's, it's funny actually because obviously me and you know each other from jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, before that, before that, we wouldn't have ever known each other. No. Now, listening to that, obviously, I played rugby. I knew who Duncan Bell was. But jiu-jitsu brought us together. And yeah. I was listening to that story and I was thinking, I don't know if intimate's the right word, but jiu-jitsu is kind of an intimate sport, isn't it? It's quite yeah, of physical. It yeah, you're talking to each other. Yeah, it's chest to chest. It's all about pressure, you know? And I was just thinking, when I was listening to it, I was thinking, you know, this guy was living in the valleys. He was a security guard at Summerfield. Yeah. I was thinking, like, he's got... Worked so in many, Weatherspoons. Worked in Weatherspoons. He's got so many stories and some of, like, the things he was saying he's experienced in his life, which is his life experience. I was thinking, you don't even realise that what this person's gone through when you're on the mats, basically just simulating death. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, this guy's got, what did he say, was 47? What, how old he is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 46, 47, yeah. something like that, yeah. His paper round was definitely downhill. He's doing all right for that age, isn't he? Yeah. But, um, no, yeah, I was just thinking, I remember listening thinking, this guy's got so much life experience at this age, and I, like, you just have no idea. Mm. He's a humble guy as well, Oh, mate, Duncan's cool, man. Yeah. I but mean, when he first started jiu-jitsu, he didn't like, I don't think he sort of like said, oh, yeah, Duncan Bell used to play uh Rugby for Bath. I don't oh, think he didn't casually. do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think he really sort of... It, I, someone just came out with it, I think. I Well, it, it might have been me. Because right. we're obviously in the old school. Yeah. And I think I've heard the story that he was in the car a bit nervous to come in. Like, Oh, really? I think I've someone's told... He hasn't told me that direct, but someone said he, he was nervous to come in. I remember he walked in the door, shook his hand. I said, oh, I'm James. Nice to meet you. He said, I'm Duncan. I, and I, before he said his last name, I went, Duncan Bell. <laughs> like oh, that. really? And he was like... Well, yeah, that hadn't happened in a while. <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's just because when I was playing rugby, he was still a professional. Obviously, yeah. I was avid watching it. And yeah, I mean, that's it's just, yeah, he's such a humble guy. And then, I mean, how good is he at jiu-jitsu? I'm glad I never met him 20 years ago. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> no. I rolled with him um, a while ago. Yeah. Um, when it, uh, we'd done like a no-gi class. And... Um, he just grabbed my wrist. I was just like, well, that's me done then. Yeah. I just, <laughs> he's, he's, he gets mount and you go, well, it was, uh, it was a nice evening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Off to the hospital I go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Duncan Bell did the first podcast with you. He's heavily featured in the second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in every single one we do. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, when you know someone famous, you just got to bring it up, isn't it? Like, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I said to Israel Asanya, I said, um, do you know my friend Duncan Bell? <laughs> <laughs> did he? Oh, he said he but it goes way back with him. All oh, right, yeah. He we're, said, I'm glad I enrolled together. him 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, he said that Israel used to ride his BMX down the spirals with him. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how old is, it? is he, Israel Asanya? Well, there's um there's a YouTuber called Joe Vincent. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but he but makes like uh, documentaries, and it's it's brilliant. Like he gets clips and like videos of his of his history. And Israel Adesanya, I was watching more of Israel Adesanya the other day, and his career has spanned so long. And I, in my head, I thought well, he was going to be like 29. But what was he? Uh, the amount of like fights he's had, not just he, he mixed was doing kickboxing arts. first for ages. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? Was it Glory? Glory oh, kickboxing. Probably that's probably but one of the bigger ones, isn't it? He's got to be. Oh, he's got to be over thirty. I mean, probably mid thirties. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got a interesting story as well. Like he's obviously Nigerian from birth. Mm. I think I've seen a documentary. The amount of times I'm going to say that. I think I've seen. <laughs> his, Rumor has it. Yeah, his dad wanted to basically move the family out of Nigeria. Yeah. Um, and he was going to move to America, but the twin towers got hit, oh. and his dad felt that it wasn't safe for them to go there, so he. At the time, New Zealand was rated the safest country in the world. And it still was from when he moved. When was the Twin Towers? 2001? Yeah, yeah. 
So from then till when uh, New Zealand had the Christchurch shooting only two years ago, yeah, yeah. was rated the safest country in the world. And I believe that's why his dad moved the family there. Man, I've got about that shooting, you know. I mean, if Israel, if you're a fan of this show, just let us know if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, just, just just write in the comments below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, that Christchurch shooting. Mate, I had a blue, like, just, I, what do you have, like a GoPro on or something? Uh, do you know what? I, I actually don't know that many details about it, but I know obviously you had the, I think it was the Bangladesh cricket team was there at the time. Because you went into a mosque, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. went into a mosque, yeah. But yeah, I mean... I'm not sure if that was their first terror attack because obviously they have quite a lot of natural disasters there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if that was their first terrorist attack. But yeah, you just... yeah. I mean, I guess you haven't seen the video. No, no, no that's no. not something I would want. No, like, that's fair enough. I don't. I'm not worried about blood, guts, and gore. But when it's kind of like real, when there's hatred, like you know, yeah, like, I, know like, what you're I don't want to come across all as like this amazing human being that doesn't see hatred. But you know, when it's when some literally he's recorded that for people to see and that's where he wants to get his fame from so i refuse to watch it because you're not i'm not going to watch it to make what you did justify in your head that i've watched it no I understand that's my logic could be completely wrong but yeah 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 because i think yeah i went into a mosque and was it like 30 people he killed just god knows. did he end up shooting himself i, I, I no, don't know many enough. of the stories uh the story behind it but yeah. how, long, how long was you out there for I was out there for six months. Lived okay. out there for six months. So, obviously, the job I do out here, I work with air compressors, and it's quite a niche trade. You've got people who kind of work with them, but a company I work for kind of specializes in that, well, it does specialize in that field. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to move out there working for what well, basically is the biggest um, company in my field. Okay. And I just had the opportunity to move out there to work there, got a visa through them, and just thought, why not? You know, it's New Zealand, but yeah, went out there for six months, moved back because of the old, um, I don't know if you've heard of COVID. Once or twice. Yeah. So the old vid brought yeah. me back, but yeah, obviously I, I missed home anyway. Like, yeah. Know, yeah. But, um, but I think like with all the flights getting cancelled, I think it was best to go back then. Honestly, mate, coming home was like, if you've ever seen World War Z, <laughs> Right, <laughs> it was like that. Like, I was in the queue to check in. The bloke in front's crying his eyes out, saying, "My wife's in Singapore. I just need to get a flight." Uh, no, my fiance's in Singapore. I just need to get a flight to meet her. At least then we're stuck together. And he's he's crying his eyes out, and I'm thinking, "Wow, wow like this yeah. is surreal." And then New Zealand at the time, I, they must have been level two or three, um, but they didn't have many cases. But we got through uh, passport control, and we're in the. Uh, departure lounge yeah and there was two american pilots uh in uh waiting in a fast food restaurant like me and all i heard was oh everyone's phone kind of went Drink. and everyone looked at their phones and it literally said new zealand so they've got like this really it's quite a quite a cool thing i don't know if they've got it in the uk because i've never had it here but if you're obviously on a, a tariff which i was on spark network network out there mm. um if there's a disaster or something, say they had a massive fire in Auckland the day I got there and it said, please avoid Queen Street. Like it come up as a notification, like not like I was subscribed to any apps. This was just like the tariff made it a notification on my iPhone saying, okay. please avoid Queen Street because there's yeah, quite a, fire. a big street. Yeah, that's the main, the main street in Auckland basically yeah, yeah. in the center. But we were in, we were in the departures area and it come up saying New Zealand, 
and in brackets Auckland has moved into level four and the two American pilots in front were going well we better hope we take off then because I don't want to get stuck here until I can take off and I'm there thinking I'm in a departures area yeah I'm thinking wow and it's quite a funny story that so before it cost us 640 pound I think to get my flights out there took three big old bags as well so that's what that price was on the way back it cost 900 pound to get a flight and get three bags back that's insane yeah but I had to um because I was like I need to check this extra bag and they took me to another desk and the woman was chatting to me blah 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 and she said oh like good luck and I was like what do you mean good luck yeah she's like well obviously you're connecting flights in Singapore and I was like oh okay and she goes well your flight is at quarter to midnight and she said they're grounding all flights at midnight from Singapore what and I was like what and she said it looks like it's all fine this end she said you just gotta hope they didn't get delayed there and she said obviously yeah that's that's that I thought the per- person I was traveling with, I thought I'm not going to tell. I thought I'm 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 not going to call someone else to worry. I'm yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry. Um, yeah. Another person needlessly, so I'm there, and uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. <laughs> I hear these pilots go, well, let's hope we don't get stuck here. And all that can go from my mind is, we're flying with Singapore Airways back to Heathrow. Yeah, this, these pilots and cabin crew aren't gonna wanna fly if back. they can't get back yeah they've only got a delay quarter of an hour i mean you know kick a wheel a few times uh, don't like <laughs> look at this one yeah you know, if they get the opportunity like they are they gonna want to take off i'm gonna be stuck in singapore uh but yeah luckily so we get on the plane from auckland to go to singapore yeah, yeah. and sat next to this um this elderly lady and she basically she she's a winter dodger she goes to the summer in new zealand as soon as it gets to winter there she comes back to the uk that's wow. what she does non-stop. Sat there and she's Mate, what like, a life. Oh my God. I, she, I think she did like one and a half books on the flight from Auckland to Singapore. And I was like, how many books you go through a year? And she was like, I don't even know. She's like, and I'll have like six going at the time. And I'm thinking, oh my God. What? What do you mean books? Like books. Like Oh, just read, to read? Yeah. What's the education system like in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what a book is. <laughs> but no, yeah, like... No, I just read Nuts Magazine growing up. <laughs> Um, I was raised well, so I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> raised well. <laughs> but no, yeah. So and we, so I literally, I haven't said nothing. We're in a departure here for like two and a half hours. Get on the plane. I've kept it to myself. I'm thinking, right, just get there. Once we take off to Singapore, like there's no turning back. Then you can tell it because it doesn't matter because it's, it's null and void that point. Yeah. Sat there. Sat to the woman. She goes, she goes to press on partner. She goes, oh, so are you nervous? She goes, oh, no, like, you know, we've taken off now. She goes, when the old lady goes, well, no, because if we get to Singapore late and they don't want to take off, then we're stuck in Singapore. Oh my God. For 13 or 14 hours of, to be fair, it wasn't that stressed, but I thought, Oh my God, I tried to keep this from you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, once we got to Singapore, that was, that was lax. That was loads of room. No one was, was yeah, no one was really that worried, but I think it's cause obviously we, you come straight out into the departures area. You're not really going through like passport control, are you? But yeah, that was, that's pretty surreal going, going from there but just not knowing yeah yeah it's, that's the main thing i think for a lot of people worries is is the uncertainty like i think it's a natural thing for a human to want to be in control yeah of course and I've, it's like a muscle in it you need to exercise that feeling of not being in control <laughs> and i was like for 27 hours i was like I'm not really in control here of anything not only is there another human flying this big metal tin thing which yeah, yeah. if we're on the way down i just go well, it was a good ride. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of water in between, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm obviously I'm out of control of what happens in Singapore. Once we took off in Singapore, 
I was fine. Mm. But yeah, I, but even landing in Heathrow, I mean, how many like conveyor belts of like um, suitcases go around? We were the only one. And I don't know whether that was like, what? I don't know if that was done on purpose to keep social distance. Obviously, no social distance in the conveyor yeah. belt. And I think I, I don't really sleep. I'm a bit tall to sleep on planes. I know I'm, I get I dribble a little bit when I sleep, so I get paranoid. <laughs> I get paranoid hard. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm pretty high. I'm right. My parents pick us up from the airport. I lift the boot and I just walk straight into it. I cut my head. I was like, Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And our whole family were, like, Oh my god, are you okay? I was like, Just, just please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, just, just take me home. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. New Zealand. Oh, talking New Zealand. Dan Hooker, right there. He's got a Bad boy. He's yeah, he's Auckland. He's city kickboxing. He's got an academy over there though as well, actually. And last time in New Zealand I trained at two places. One was called Takaha. Right. And one was called Bucklands Beach, which Bucklands Beach is ran by a guy called Andy Metcalf, who is he's from Taunton, Somerset. Yeah. He moved him and his family um over there. God, it must be probably two, two and a half, three years ago. But his son, um, I wanna say his name was Ryan. Again, obviously six months, you, I didn't really take it all in. I've been back almost a, coming up to a year in March, end of March. So yeah. early April, I'll be back a year. But I don't really remember all their names, but I'm pretty sure his son was like junior British champ, blah, blah, blah. And then they moved there and he, he ragdolled everything, ragdolled everything in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and he was about to become, he was doing MMA. And I want to say he was going to Dan Hooker's Academy. Right. And was like, like went there. And the first night they asked him to spar against people who were like experienced and he just took them down submitted them they were like what, what the hell yeah he's he's a, he's a small guy in stature but my days i mean it's like anything small guy in stature i've rolled with him and you're like there was definitely two of you then <laughs> <laughs> mate adam mcness oh mate if that's again i say this all the time it's like the scene from rocky you yeah, know when yeah. he's trying to catch the chicken that's <laughs> that is what it's like that's rolling with adam this, you're yeah. like anyway right so i'm gonna take this limb of you Oh my god! How have you got behind me that quick? Yeah. Again. Yeah. So where is that limb gone? Yeah, and he's got two things on his side. He's got dad strength, and he does a, a manual job. So he's got that like super strength, quick. Yeah. Slippery. He's he's a bit of a disaster for anyone. Like our, we're big, slow. Once I get on top of you, I'm going to let you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's got to catch him first. Yeah, I mean, mate, what, the the. The jiu-jitsu, was it the jiu-jitsu school where you seen Israel Adesanya? Yeah, so it's Takaha. So what was that like? Was that like quite a clean upmarket place? What the the schools? Yeah, yeah. So I lived in a place called Ponsonby in Auckland, and it was literally a walk across a park to Takaha, which was the first school I went to. And yeah, I mean they are mad for MMA. Um, obviously publicize publicize they like their rugby and cricket things out, but they're mad for their MMA. Really mad on their jiu-jitsu. Um, things like that and I tell you what something I was mega shocked about they are mad for sailing and basketball you can past any part you stand that's pick, an old combination oh standard pickup game they've obviously got the America's Cup which is actually going on right now there right um, my my friend's auntie and uncle live out there and they keep posting like photos and stories of the America's Cup going on because they literally live in the CBD which is Central Business uh, Central Business District and they literally live maybe five minute walk to the actual where the america's uh emirates new zealand america's cup team is so they're watching that all the time but yeah they're mad for sailing over there but yeah their jujitsu um 
they're, I mean, I, I think they're quite focused on maybe because they like MMA. They're focused on the Nogi aspect. Yeah, you said that. And they then, said, like, he'll, he'll, oh, I'm only white belt. Can't he'll hook me? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I look back on that now and I just laugh because I think from an outside in perspective, that must have been hilarious for them. Yeah. But I'm obviously, only a white belt. <laughs> I was a white belt. I mean, obviously, again, pretty big guy. So I've moaned. <laughs> Uh, get bullied by the big yeah boys. yeah i was like excuse me uh hill hook yeah. um but no yeah like he literally was no gi i was a white belt and and i think I, I pulled guard and he just sat back and got me in a in a hill hook and i was like bruv like i'm a white belt like obviously i've got no gi on like you you probably can't tell that he's yeah. like yeah so and then we did we did the because to warm up we used to do a six percent um roll there okay. was a, there was a level of warm up, but there was six percent. Just doing stretches. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Again, I didn't know that. Right. I learned that one the hard way. I went one hundred percent, and oh. someone was like sixty percent. Um, but yeah, the it did that, and he sat back into the into the hill hook, and I was like, "Mate, what are you doing?" I was like, "You can't do that." I'd be JJF. <laughs> <laughs> Just got the book out. Yeah, yeah, doing that, and uh, obviously they've got a different like board out there, and they they actually teach it like the the drill was based around a leg lock. Yeah. I I can't I think it was like sit down into guard some form of entanglement pull him down straight into a hill and I was and it was like inside outside and then it was just like opening a complete it was again like starting like my first class all over again right I had I had the fundamentals of this is the guard but and then you're trying to tell me keep the knee tight to here I'm thinking I've never done this before in my life but I'm sure it's um Eddie Bravo who said like he teaches his students like everything right for a white belt just because if they go into like a, a competition or sort of like you know just whatever um they know how to defend it straight away right mm. from the get-go which yeah i get that they're 100 percent as pros and cons but the one thing i i certainly noticed was the the amount of people who i'd been they'd be in my guard and after 40 seconds of trying to open it like you know it's, it's one of those things it's not going to open first time all the time yeah yeah i mean it's obviously you get the, the amazing people hot knife through butter straight for the guard but there's some people obviously they're same level as me maybe a little bit better but i'm going to hold on to it for dear life mm. they would just sit down after 40 seconds into a leg lock almost invite me on to, and i'm thinking again me and you're both blue belt so not the best people in the world to preach i got one first <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah uh, no yeah um not the best people in the world to preach but i mean if you talk to it this runs right down or right through from white belt up to black belt everyone will tell you fundamentals yeah, yeah and literally opening the guard is i one of the first classes i ever was taught was getting someone in the guard and then how to open it and hodger gracie mr fundamentals yeah yeah, yeah. well in the discussion for goat no gi and gi Mr. Fundamentals, man. He's not about these Baron Bolos, but, you know, he's the most successful guy, probably gi and no gi ever. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's that was one thing I did notice, but the skill level and the, the attitude, the attitude towards training over there, people are like, and I, oh, my God, I tell you what. Obviously, they've got a lot of, like, um, Polynesians over there. So you've got, like, your Maoris, you've got your, I don't know what the, is it, like, Pacifica? Yeah, all the Pacific Islands. Yeah, yeah. Islanders. So you've obviously got like your Samoans, your Fijians, your Maoris, things like that, and Tongans, all those countries. My God, they are 
ginormous stature like oh huge shoulders hands yeah. forearms head all of, like the two Alangi brothers oh my god yeah i mean i bet they had some great scraps two Alangi brothers oh, but mate. i mean it, i think i there's the odd one or two that would train but i think if if those islands get into jujitsu you're gonna yeah. be seeing the strongest humans most athletic humans it, it competing at the middleweight i mean we just watched the the highlights of the bristol game semi randandra yeah. outside center for bristol for gian i mean i'm gonna say he's got to be 90 kilos and that guy went past people like they weren't even there that's not right no mate do you know what i'm sure because there's quite a few of the um two lady brothers isn't there yeah i'm i'm so confident to say like one of them i don't think they actually play rugby cross dresser yeah 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 i think cause... it's quite like I've got to be careful how I say this, but it's quite accepted over there. Yeah, yeah. It's not sort of like, let's be fair, if if, if you see like a cross-dresser, like over here, like a, a bird dressed up, you've got like massive Adam's, Adam's apple, you'd yeah. be like, all right. But I think over there, it's just like, it's normal. I th- yeah, they're a lot more progressive. And I mean, me and you live in the 21st century. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people still live in the 20th and they still think they're living in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So they're very, they've got the wrong, oh, yeah, ideology on things, you know? Um, which says probably a lot more about themselves, but yeah, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you put it like that because I couldn't think of the best <laughs> way to say it. But yeah, I'm here for you. Thanks, um, mate. Yeah, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I've I've seen it because I think it's um, is it Alessandro Tuolangi? I was going to say Manu? Alex or something like. That. Yeah, but then they're 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 talking about their brother and is the cross dresser, and it's on like a, the rugby show or something like that. Yeah, there's there were all uh, four of them, weren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got what have you got? Freddie, Henry, Manu. Is it Alessandro Tuolangi? And then is it the fifth one? Or maybe there's another one, but... Yeah. I I, I think it's the one who doesn't play rugby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I... You know, I mean, as a, there's a funny uh, video where it's like Ramesh Ranganathan where he's talking about, obviously, he's Sri Lankan. Mm. And he, he goes there, and obviously he talks about carrying slightly a bit more weight than he's happy with, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he... I think he said he's either he's talking to someone or a relative over there, and he's like... They're going, hi, blah, blah, blah. And this is my wife. She's fat. And he was like looking like, oh my, oh my God. But she was like, yeah, I'm fat. And he was like, and he just looked at him and thought, they, they live in the present and they don't judge people on those types of things. Like, I think, it's, is it quite a like Western culture to to judge people by those things? Well, I, I don't know, mate, but even, even still, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is my wife. She's fat. And I'd be like, that's a bit of a, like, you could just say, oh yeah, this is my wife. She's a doctor. <laughs> Rather than just like, yeah, she's fat, well, like, she she's does it for a, a job. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, we have to. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't want to add button. No, that's cool. <laughs> Mate, it's Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, mind. How do you think he's going to do in the UFC? Because he obviously did really well in, in uh, Bellator, didn't he? I think he's going to do. People like this, right? Tried and tested. Yeah. I mean, all American first team body again. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing USADA's good for. It's taking a lot of doubt. Pre USADA, I would have looked at that and gone, "Yeah, that, that, that doesn't pass a sniff test, does it? Look at that. He's yeah. on the Mexican supplements." But you look at that. That is oh, the name um, Brendan Sharp gave uh, Jeff Nowitzki the golden snitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I think he's going to do well. Like tried and tested, heavy wrestling background, and again is a good quote from Hicks and Gracie saying. The ground is my ocean, and I am the shark. Yeah, yeah. he can wrestle. 
and come, what comes with wrestling is control on the floor. He, all right, starts on the feet, but he decides where it's going. Yeah. And he, he's, he's proven. And obviously this fight against Dan Hooker, I think he looked a million dollars, to be honest. Yeah, he did. Would have been nice. I almost feel like it would have been better if Justin Gaethje got an injury. Right. could have seen could, Mark Goddard, Gracie Barra. Yeah, Hells yeah. Owen, shout out. Is it, Is it Birmingham or Hells Owen? Oh, Midlands. could be Hells, yeah. <laughs> Midlands, we'll yeah. go with that. Up that way. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to see maybe Michael Chandler face off against Khabib because I feel Khabib would have kind of looked at Gaethje as unfinished business. Okay. And might have done... Th- I mean, he said if someone did an impressive... Oh, I mean, impressive performance. I think Michael Chandler does it. Is he going to fight Poirier again? Maybe not, you know. But... I. I don't know if he'll fight Connor. He's definitely not going to now. Who? Khabib. Oh, no. I don't, no the guy doesn't I, need money, doesn't live for money, does he? He's not. No. His lifestyle is not... It's not a Floyd Mayweather lifestyle, is it? No. He'd, um, I mean, he's, he's obviously made millions, hasn't he, from fighting previously. But he just doesn't... He doesn't care about that sort of stuff. No. Again, going back to the Joe Vincent um, videos, he... Um, He's done one on Khabib. I think he's done one like pre his retirement, post his retirement. And they talk about his like um his training methods. Right. And there's like there's no there's no like trick to it. It's just hard work. Just grinded. Just hard like hard work pays off. It's like it's like anything, isn't it? At the end of the day you get out what you put in. And that's Have you ever seen that um Anatomy of a Fighter? Yeah, that is um I can't think of his name because he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, he, um, for a long time, I remember he, he was doing like videos with people and he, he was like, ah, was it, um, uh, triple C Henry Cejudo. He, um, he did like a lot of work with him. And I think someone asked him about mighty mouse and, and he said like, I cannot give you any information. Like he's quite loyal to himself. The anatomy of the fight. Oh, I'm going to have to find out his name because I so Is it bad. Will, Will Harris or something like Will that? Harris. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Yeah. Because I got I, I remember I got confused with him in that Bolt Harris. Who? Bolt Harris. I'm sure he's um he was like a UFC heavyweight. I don't know if you can remember. His, um, his daughter, his stepdaughter went missing. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. remember that now. And they, um, they, they, unfortunately, like, well, I say unfortunately, but they found her body rather than finding her alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But because he was going to fight... Um, he was fighting someone. Um, he was well. He was scheduled to fight. So whilst the like the investigation, the search was going on, but obviously he he pulled out. You know, mate, you got it, weren't you? Understandably. Yeah, of course. But, mate, that guy's a legend, Bruce Buffer. I was just about to say his jacket. So when I mate, um, his jacket's a legend. Yeah, man. When I went to the MGM or stay, went to Vegas, stayed in the MGM. Yeah. And uh, as you go to the pool, there's obviously there's like quite a lot of memorabilia. And uh, they had like one of his jackets, and it said "bought at auction." What? And, yeah. So I'm. I think he he must sell them on, and proceeds no name because he's quite a charitable guy, isn't he? I'd imagine it goes yeah. to it goes to charity somehow. But he is half brothers with yeah. Michael Buffer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I mean, the UFC and boxing have one opportunity: Connor versus Floyd. It was like, don't screw this up, Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer. Let them both say their catchphrases because you've got yeah, to let them do their thing. You've got to actually pay for um for them not just to MC. You got to pay them extra to use their catchphrases. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. And every time you know, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, yeah. 
um, Michael Buffer, every time that's said, I earn a million dollars or something. Like that's what he gets paid. Yeah, it's it's something ridiculous because I know um, someone said, "Oh, we can't say it on the radio." And he's like, "Why? Why? Why?" And he said, "Because we got to pay him because it's trademarked." And um, someone's like, "If you say it, I'll pay it." I want to say it was like Charlie Sloth's show or something like that. Because obviously he used to have on um, for Fire in the Booth, he would have that catchphrase come on. Yeah, So yeah. I don't know whether he was paying it every time or something like that, but yeah. I mean, or probably, I don't know if it's because it's BBC and it's like... Yeah, an organisation. Yeah, I think BBC get away with quite a lot. Quite a bit more. But mate, talk about like... Um, <laughs> yeah, they do get away with quite a lot. Like quite a lot of scandals. <laughs> one or two. But you, you thought about um, Bruce Buffer and his jacket up in the MGM. Do you know, I'm sure it's Hard Rock Cafe. Do you know what they got in their lobby? I went for food there, but I, they had so many things of like people performing their outfits. They've got the the last outfit Tupac was wearing. No. When he died, yeah. I think it was like some orange. What, even the bandana? I don't know about the bandana. I think it's uh, just a, um, like a shirt and jeans and might, might be the yeah. shoes. Because was it that night? It was a Mike Tyson fight. Yeah, it was and he a Mike had a Tyson fight, fight in the casino, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he's seen like some rival gang member or something. Yeah, there, yeah. Or something like kicked off before. Yeah, I I have seen a. I think it was a Channel Four documentary. Yeah, shout. Out. Yeah. He, he um, I've seen a documentary on it before. Where it kind of like depicts like the whole. I think it was like forty eight hours up to his death. Yeah, yeah. And it was so interesting. Like, it's bad. Like I couldn't believe how well they they could they could make a documentary in 48 hours of someone's and how how busy it was really yeah but the thing that gets me is like um they left the they left um the casino like left the arena after a mike tyson fight in las vegas and no one knows who done it <laughs> I, i'm not a conspiracist but i like listening to them do you believe that they don't know or oh man i don't know I think um, I think they knew more because I'm sure there's this one guy um, who was dying. I've just got to say I was in Las Vegas for the anniversary of his death. I've just remembered that because everyone oh, really? was on the corner. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but um, yeah, there's this guy who was he was dying. He, he said like, "Oh yeah, I knew I knew who killed Tupac," and like he was in hospital and he kind of said sort of like, "Was his name Orlando something?" Sanchez. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but um, but there's other there's people who kind of like, um, oh here we go. If he's going to get banged there, yeah. um, but yeah, there's other people that have said, um, like, when did you change it to porn up? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, there's other people that have said like, uh, oh yeah, I know who was in the car, and then they kind of said like, oh, so who was sat on this side? And be like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. It's just like, mm. you you definitely, oh, bang, get oh, out. Bang, 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 bang. Boom. Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. Mate, those punches there. Look at that, yeah, yeah. yeah. My God, it's got, he's got to jump in. Yeah, yeah, jumps in. Yeah, I mean. Oh, oh that oh. is a big backflip Did you ever well. see it when, Ju- oh, when he's done a little one for exhibition? Did you ever see it Justin Gage that landed on his neck? Oh. Oh, my God. Mate, there's been some, like, horrible slams straight onto someone's head. Oh, what's was the it, one? Um, I want to see Rose number Eunice. Did she get dropped on the red? She went for, was it a Kamora Americana? And was it Jessica Andrade? Just, boom. I can't remember. The worst one ever is uh, Little Nog. When he got dropped on his head. Oh, I've probably seen oh, it. I think, it's from the, I think it's from the Pride days. I th- he, to this day, he says he still has problems. Like, And uh, wow. Fedor Melinenko. Oh my God. Now that, now that is like, he gets dropped on his head. Yeah carries on and then wins 
And it's like that is just a guy whose his brain is stronger than this, the pain. Like you know, he's, yeah, yeah. That, he's a shame. He's a shame. He never was able to come to the UFC. What Fedor? Yeah, because you know he's in the talk for the goats of who do you think is goat heavyweight? Obviously, you can't. You got Stipe, Fedor. I'm putting in there regardless of what yeah. you say. For me, oh, that's such a shot at it. Um, for me, um, I like Fabrizio Redu. Yeah, I do. But I feel like there's an argument against him. Go on. Well, I mean, obviously, he he beat um, Kane. Kane Velasquez, didn't he? Yeah. But then JDS beat uh, um, Fabrizio Verdum. It's MMA maps, I know. But yeah. I feel like where Fabrizio Verdum, obviously, top of the food chain jiu-jitsu, I feel he lacked in certain areas where I think if you look at Kane, he he's a more rounded fighter. I, yeah. I, I know... I may be talking when I say the goat. I'm talking about achievements and their actual, their overall style. But yeah, look at this guy. You know he's thinking about a big money fight here. Yeah, mate. But, did you notice that Dan Hooker took his gloves off after this? No, no, I didn't actually. Yeah, I noticed. I, I noticed it like there when he's actually like taking the tape off. But there's been a few fighters that have done that. So I mean, um, but he he did say in in a interview afterwards, he was like, "Yeah, I was just done with this shit. Just didn't want to carry on anymore. Mm. I was completely done." And he kind of thought like, "Nah, I still got a few more fights to me." Well, that's big money in it. I mean, what's the dollar to the New Zealand dollar? But obviously, you've had um, Paul Felder did it. Then he wasn't sure if he's retiring because that was actually against Dan Hooker, wasn't it, at the Spark Arena? Yeah. And then you also had um, Stefan Struve do it. And he's come back. <laughs> Retired, put his gloves down, and he's come back since. Yeah. Oh, John Anik. He's Mate, did you watch I can't I can't remember who the fighter was. Um but John Anik interviewed him and the guy said, um Oh, called him Errol, basically. Oh no. Yeah, he was like, Oh Errol, I'm so glad you're interviewing me. And I was just like, Wow. That's a poor mistake of identity. Yeah. He didn't even look the same. I think he's just bold. I mean, how many times did the fighter get punched in the head? Yeah, that's true. That's what I'd be claiming. Yeah. When John Jones got pulled over, I'm a fighter. I get punched in the head. I forget a lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we said. <laughs> you not seen the video of that? That wasn't even that long ago. That, oh, oh, my bang. God. Oh, I think off-balance left hook and uh, it's game over there. Mate, those, like, when he's in, like, turtle and he's just firing Ooh. the shots into him. Oh, that what... It's that first one, in it? you got to think he's got his whole yeah. weight coming down. Boom. And with Mate, that. these ones... Oh, Bryce Mitchell, right? Oh, Bryce Mitchell. Is he's the, the one that caught his nutsack in a in a drill. He was on the tough. Oh. Do you not know about that? Oh, no. So he's like, right? He basically he's quite. Um, I think he's from the South in America. Mate, he's he, one with the camo shorts, right? I just about to say, yeah. yeah. So he hunts a lot, and they got him the camo shorts. But he he had a, a drill in his pocket, oh, and it started God. going off, and it caught his nut in it. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Mate, his jujitsu is pretty good. Is it? I, I, yeah. I'm sure he's won uh, quite a few by submission. Yeah, I, I mean, people like him, they're growing up now with the aspirations of becoming an MMA fighter. Mm. You got to think, mm, I mean, maybe, no, Michael Trander was a wrestler, wasn't he? I mean, they, a lot of them want to become wrestlers, fight for the Olympic team. But yeah. people now are literally like going, I want to become an M. We know certain people who have gone, I want to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. And they, they sharpen their skills in different areas, you know? 
well, I need to. The thing is, like, when the UFC, like, first started, the first few tournaments, like, obviously it was started just to get, um, uh, like, to find the best, uh, like, style, wasn't it? And, uh, but now you just need, you need everything. Yeah. That's, that's, it literally was, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, I'm going to root for him against the wrestler, I'm going to root for him against the karate guy. Yeah. Because there's Eddie Bravo, if you read the story, he's like, he uh, tells a story, he watches, he's either, UFC one or two and he was a karate guy and he um he initially was like oh I want the karate guy because he, he hated him he hated Gracie because yeah. obviously he was like oh he beat my guy but then he was like oh there, there's something to this like he's yeah. not just a one shot one apparently the rumour that Eddie um, Eddie Barrow was like oh yeah some Iranian dude oh yeah, yeah going on about Hoist Gracie <laughs> and he uh, he's in he's in LA and he finds I think he said he finds in the paper like an advert for jujitsu. Yeah. turns off and all that and he's uh it's it's japanese jiu-jitsu so there's a lot more like showy and uh perform what's the word like sequences yeah and he's kind of like well this is not what i've seen and he says to the to the, to the guy he's like oh this is not what i've seen oh you're after that brazilian jiu-jitsu man. yeah yeah and he's like oh yeah he's going i got the number there's a guy up in the uh, up in the hills that does that and he's like do you want me to give you a number and apparently yeah, Jackson, that was john jackson yeah. Machado, yeah and he's uh dodgy yeah mate but uh, ADCC, no gi. Yeah, how does he do it with like he, sort of half a finger? But you've got a thing though. If you think of no gi, it's a lot more collarized things that like you haven't got the gi. It suits his game. Yeah, but he's yes, like but... again, like you. Well, I say top of the feet again. Like Hegan Machado, Sean Jacks Machado. Yeah, you got all them. They they are Gracies, aren't they? Let's be honest. I believe their mum was a Gracie. Yeah, their dad yeah. was a Machado. Hence why they took the Machado's name. And obviously there are other fighters which in the past have, their mum was a Gracie, but they've still taken the Gracie name because Hodger. Hodger, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was Henry who said that. Don't come at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's only two hours away on the M4. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, he's... Oh, man, because I know how this goes for Connor. I'm just... Oh, I feel a little bit gutted, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. The, the, has a family done more for this, and like martial arts than the Gracies? Or the Machados? No, no, the Gracies. <laughs> like, has one family done more from from martial arts not mixed martial arts just martial arts on the whole yeah than the gracie family nah. i can't think of a family like you could chuck i don't know let's say the mayweathers roger mayweather floyd mayweather senior and junior that's three fighters man like roger mayweather fought for world titles and stuff it's still not the same it's not the same man we're talking the the gracies are jujitsu mate grandsons cousins second cousins like that's what I mean and any link to them and I think maybe jiu-jitsu it changed the way people looked at the ground game 100% I think I'm wrong I was that I was that armchair spectator going get up punch him oh, for God's yeah. sake get, get him up stand him up no technique I could not see oh okay he's moving around him he's a, what a lazy guy didn't see that it, the pressure's on him didn't see that he's actually worked a leg entanglement things like that like Khabib doing it just didn't make sense. And to this day, I've gone full tilt on this now because people go, oh, I don't like Khabib. He just gets him to the floor. He's good. But I think, do you realise how hard it is to hold another human down? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when they're like struggling to get back up. More to the point, a bear. Khabib's held a bear down. Yeah, that's like, true. You know? How, how would you expect to beat anyone if Khabib literally is wrestling with bears from a young age? But he's next level, though, isn't he? Oh, mate. Do you think he'll come back there or not? For one more, at least. At the time, I said no. He strikes me as the type of guy who, what he says, he means. 
like we said, he doesn't need money. He's he's very content. I think yeah. he's a Russian minister of sport for Sambo martial arts and things like that. Why why does he need to come back? Like he almost has nothing to gain, and he said he made his mother a promise. Uh, that's the thing that I was going to say. I believe him when he says that because he is. When has he ever said anything that he hasn't followed yeah. through on? But Dana did say, well, no, Khabib did say if someone impresses me, I might think about it. But Connor didn't impress him. No. I wouldn't say Dustin all right won, but he's beaten. Only person he would fight is Michael Chandler. Yeah. Has he proved enough in one fight in UFC? No, he can't. No. And, but in, in your opinion, has uh, that Michael Chandler like done enough to earn a title shot straight away? No. 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 Who, who, what do you reckon he's got to do? He needs to fight. Not that Dan Hooker is not well-rounded because he is good, but I think he needs to fight someone who's more... Um, higher in the rankings. Higher in the rankings, but maybe focused on one martial art. So, for okay. example... For example, Connor's a striker. Yeah, we know things like that. He needs to fight someone who's maybe slightly he's well rounded, but slightly focused. Where we know Michael Chandler is a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying match them up because stylistically, no. But I, hey, I would love to see that though. Connor, Michael Chandler, Tony. Again, I feel so gutted for that guy. But yeah. I don't want him to become like the the rite of passage for that division. But I do look at him and think, well, Tony could be elevated if he fought Michael Chandler and beat him. He could. Mate, did you watch the fight with him in that um, uh, Charles Oliveira? I haven't, but I've seen, again, I've seen him when he didn't tap to the armbar. Oh, my God, that was brutal. But Tony just looks so old. But that's the thing. You're still hearing the stories of him going full clip and Big Bear just overtaking people. Yeah. But how how long can he... I mean, that what he fought with Justin Gaethje. Yeah. I think I've still got a concussion watching it. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean... I think the worst, well, one of the worst beatings I've ever seen um, would have been uh, Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. Yeah. Bra- that, uh, Brian Ortega did not use his jiu-jitsu enough there, man. Nah. I, was, I, I think he like, tried to take it down once, and this was like after he'd had like, a bit of a beating. So he just sort of like, used it as a last resort. I yeah, think he's like, yeah. mate, just get him down. It's, it's, it, again, like, like, Henry Gracie black belt, like, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like, again, I'm, mate, we're sat in an armchair, sort of oh, like, yeah, shouting shit. Sat in an armchair, food stains, going punch him, take him down. Yeah. Like again, but oh my god, talking to Brian Ortega, Max Holiday, Holloway, Brian Ortega's last performance against Korean Zombie. Yeah, amazing. Because he's fighting um, Volkanovski next to me. I've, I don't know what it is about Volkanovski. Yeah, but it's something about him which annoys me. And right. I, I, I think. Do you know what I think it is? Is I think the second fight, yeah. I think Max beat him. Oh, 100%. At least it was a draw. But even at a draw, I would have been like, I'm sure Volkanovski's happy about that. Yeah. And I think I don't like it. (laughs) Again, it's just personal opinion because I thought Jones beat Reyes. But there are people who think Reyes beat Jones. But I'm not annoyed at Jones because I thought he won. But I thought Max, it wasn't a robbery, but I thought he he won. So I want now MMA Maths or Ortega to win, beat Volkanovski. Then Volkanovski's... he probably will get a rematch, but I don't think he should. Yeah. You've got to then go fight whoever's in the rankings because then you get Ortega Holloway again. Yeah. It's like... Do, do, do you think um, Brian Ortega had that title shot against Mike Holloway too soon? Hindsight's brilliant, but yeah. Like, yeah. you know, is But who was there for him to fight? Like, as a fight... So he was not been at the time. Yeah, but... Brian Ortega was. Yeah, who, who are you going to... You're not going to turn down a title fight. No, you're not. You're not. You're never gonna like title fight, payday, publicity. Um, if you win, 
the upside. If you lose, there's not really much downside apart from a one on your loss. And MMA is not like boxing. Yeah. Free fight, you're back up there again. Yeah. You know, is it anything can happen. There's so many ways to lose, isn't there? So, but yeah, it's. No, yeah, so I've said this to someone else. Like in the in MMA, if someone's got sort of like six or seven losses on their record, you'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Don't get me wrong. And like the 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 um the less amount of losses is like still um looked at better. But in boxing, if you've got six losses on your record, you're just like, oh, you're a journeyman. Yeah, you could have forty Shoot. wins and six losses, and you're seen as a journeyman. Yeah, like what is that all about? I mean, you got six losses and forty wins in this. You go, the guy was dominant. Yeah, well, mate, if you like. Um, if you go back to 2019, um, Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, like they got loads of losses. Who? Really, <laughs> <laughs> they got loads of losses on the record, and they like they sold out Madison Square Garden. That's their personality, though. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I was I was in Queenstown, New Zealand for that, and I middle of the day just cancelled whatever I was doing to watch it. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I was literally again like they get mad for MMA. I mean, they were screaming, and when it got Doctor Stoppage. Oh, oh, points were going everywhere, man. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I felt. Were, oh, yeah. yeah. I was in New Zealand. You were actually there. Yeah. Man. That like, was so he's shit. He's teased it. come back for Nate, aren't it? Yeah. Um, Dustin Pori put, he had an interview with uh, Errol Hawani. Um, Who, John Alec? Yeah, that's one, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he said, sort of like, oh, does it make sense in the lightweight division? No. Does it make sort of like sense as a, as a show? Um, yes. Um, but yeah, it's not going to do anything for his title run. Like Nick's not even in the rankings anymore. No. But he, you've got the fights which will always sell. You've got the trilogy fight with Nate and Connor. Oh man, I want that. I I will go. I'll go anywhere to watch that. Like, yeah. Be even better if it was in England. <laughs> but the chat that obviously never happened. But I mean, I go Stockton, Croke Park or something like that, Viva Stadium. Do you know what? That's actually a good good thing to actually think about because if it was in Ireland I mean they've done two in America it maybe might be time for Connor that because since he's been Connor Connor now he's yeah. never fought in Ireland has he? No he's he, mate he fought in Ireland like obviously loads of times but like within, G's, baby. within the UFC um, I think he fought there once and I'm sure he has Sinead O'Connor singing for his entrance yes yeah because he turns around and points up to her doesn't he? yeah Do she's on the sub platform Man, I didn't realise that she, um, well, I knew she, like, uh, ripped up the picture of the Pope, didn't she? When uh, Sinead O'Connor, yeah, obviously you can imagine the backlash she got for that. And yeah. I think, like, a week or two later, uh, there was, like, a big uh, charity event in the, um, in the Madison Square Garden. And, um, like, the booing was just insane. Like, there's a video on YouTube of it. And uh, then the guy who's, like, organising it came out and just said, like, look, it's fine. Like, they were all saying, like, I'll get her off the stage. But the guy was like, not a chance. Like, went out there and just sort of gave her a few words of encouragement. Yeah. And then she'd done a, like, a, one of the Bob Marley songs, I can't remember which one it was, but sort of, like, changed the words to sort of, like, suit what she was, like, standing for, like, the Pope and, like, sort of, uh, um, like, the sexual assault on kids. Like, okay. then, uh um, within the within the church, within yeah, the, that's all doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when they were doing, um, because she ripped out this picture on it was like a live show or something, and like during rehearsals, she had a picture of I think it was like like kid refugees, and so she was ripping that up like when they were doing yeah. the rehearsal, so no one knew 
that she was going to rip up the picture of the Pope. And then, yeah, when she did, they were just like, cut. Wow. But, yeah, yeah. you could imagine the amount of booze that she got. Brave woman. Brave woman. Oh, I mean, it's... Yeah. But I, I suppose she'd probably look at it and say, if I didn't do that, was anything going to change? Everyone yeah. has their reasons for things. I mean, per- wow. But I mean, the, the Pope actually come out and like admit that sort of stuff as well. Really? Yeah, I did read that. How long? What Pope was it? Because obviously we've had a mate. Can't, yeah. I can't tell. You I it. thought you were quite quite hot on your religion. No. No. Not the slightest. No, I, I thought. I, I have been in... to the Vatican. I've been to the Vatican, which is actually the smallest uh, country in the world. Yeah. I've been there as well. I went there with my parents and my stepsister. And I've got a feeling it's the only place where they got a. Uh, ATM in in actual Latin. No way. I think I am probably chatting absolute shit. Yeah. However, I'm fifty percent confident. Yeah. That that's true. I mean, at the Sistine Chapel. That was pretty cool. How uh, how old was you when you went? I wasn't very. I'm gonna say I was fourteen, and I remember being fourteen, thinking, like being in awe of something. I'm thinking this is. Now, and I look back on it, I think being 14 and being in awe of something at 14, I also remember there was a, like, as you walked in, yeah. there was like a, a gold statue where everyone touched the foot. And where it had been touched, many times yeah. it was smooth, and I refused to touch it because I was just like, oh, that looks so dirty. I that, that was me predicting COVID, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, but I remember being in awe of, of like the chapel. I, I don't know if you, do you listen to the Peter Crouch podcast? The. Oh my God, right. So there's one of them, and he doesn't know it's called the Sistine Chapel. Because okay. it was 16th, oh, right? God. And they are crying, the two other guys, because they're going, oh, yeah, it should be good. You had 15 other goes there. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, have you ever seen the other thing? It's where it's like uh, uh, Conor McGregor in another dimension, and it's a gorilla with a picture of Conor McGregor on his chest. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I didn't see that. But what are they doing? Oh. There you go. Yeah. I just... Mate, he just didn't look right here, did he? When he when he got knocked out, it felt like I looked at him and thought, you are old. But yeah, oh, mate, I thought exactly the same, 100%. But that, that's too good good combo there. I mean, yeah. do you know what? I His stance is different as well. Look at him. Mm, I mean, oh, look at that for a leg kick. I mean, when he beat Jose Aldo, um, <laughs> do you know what? Oh... When I watched that, uh, Jose Aldo. That's a Khabib thing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they've both been Khabib, so they get yeah. full experience of that. But when I watched that Jose Aldo fight, my friend tagged me in a video on Facebook of a Wookiee being arrested, and I actually missed the knockout. Oh. Stayed up till like half five, watched the Wookiee going, getting arrested, <laughs> right? And my friends in the room have just jumped up, and I'm like, didn't know who'd won. But that was the last time I doubted Conor McGregor. I thought, I thought, mate. So I was in uh, London at, at a rave, and um, my mate Scott had, um, had like BT Sports on his phone. I was like, mate, can I just watch this fight? And it was the first like proper UFC fight that I that I wanted to watch. Mm. Must have been a good rave. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, we, we were just leaving, and um, so like you said, it was like half four or five in the morning. And he was like, mate, let's just go. Let's get in the car and like just watch it in the car. I was like, yeah, but man, just let me watch this. Let me watch the first round. Then we walked to the car. And uh, so he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was watching it. I was just like, right, let's go. 
done. He was like, eh? He was just like, yeah, mate, job done. Oh, mate, it's, do you know what? Like, for us, I'm moaning that I missed, I missed the fight of like, because of watching a, a Wookiee getting beat, but Jose Aldo trained for that camp and he got beat. Like, like, what I'm saying is a minor compared to what happened to him. Yeah. But do you know what? I think if you were to ever show someone what mind games can do, Conor McGregor me- just mentally fatigued him. Mentally yeah, fatigued definitely. him. Because they did a big um, world tour for that, didn't mm, they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think Jose Aldo was so, was so eager to get in. I mean, it clipped him on the way in as well, mind. But Conor yeah, just... Yeah, uh, yeah it's... That was the last time I doubted him. I just, it, he has truly got some power. Oh, look at that shoulder. That's yeah. what he did to Cowboy, didn't he? I think Dusty comes back. Oh, oh. Yeah, but mate, they're, they're just, they're nothing, are they? Like, compared <laughs> to Connors, looking at chatting to each other. Yeah, yeah. But mate, even like, um, his mind games in this, they just weren't the same, were they? To respect, like, I feel that, that you get the best out of Connor when you're disrespectful. Um, which is the other? He should have been like this to Khabib, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he should have been the way he was Khabib to Dustin, because can you open palms straight like that? Because that was like up. Don't see why. Not. I know Nate does slaps. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that was like almost from six to twelve. Okay. I don't know if that's. I mean, you got to twelve to six, but I don't yeah, know if that's yeah. a six to twelve thing. But mate, do you think those shots, those twelve to six, should be illegal? No. Uh, you think they should be allowed? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mate, if you can get. Have you? We're just watching the Bristol rugby game. I just watched a, someone kick a rugby ball from fifty meters through a post. If yeah. head kicks are legal, why are twelve to six elbows? That you cannot tell me that that's that's any worse than how hard someone can kick. And these guys are trained to kick your head off your shoulders. But yeah, have yeah. you heard the story? Why is illegal? No. So basically, obviously, MMA was illegal for a while in America, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you had, I think it was the Fertitta brothers, Dana White and Big John McCartney. And they um, they went to try and get it sanctioned in some of the states. Yeah. And basically, it was very obvious and like they put so much money into it that they were going to get it passed. And the people who didn't want it to get passed just wanted to take a little bit away from something. Oh, really? And what they justified it was, there was a, f- a video of, I think it was a karate guy. Oh, doing a sort of like elbow. 12 to there. 6 elbow on a block of ice. And he oh, did it know. on a block of ice and split it. And they are, their argument was, imagine doing this on someone's head, blah, blah, blah. And basically oh, the bill that, was passed. Yeah. And apparently John McCartney was there going, no, that's wrong. And apparently Dana and the Fatita said, John, let them have it. We have won this. We have got this passed. Because yeah. John McCartney, to this, uh, John Jones lost to Matt Hamill because oh, of that. Mate, that's ridiculous. I mean, but, that was but, so but, one-sided. But the thing is, with the, the referee was even saying like, oh, give me a thumbs up to Matt Hamill. But he's deaf. Matt Hamill couldn't hear what the ref yeah, was saying. Yeah, so he was course, like, well, yeah. yeah, you can't continue, you know, due to an eagle strikes. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I mean, Matt Hamill was getting pulverised. I'd have wanted a way out there. Um, but, it, it's not an L on the record on the thing, and the thing is, they get paid more for winning. So again, can you believe? It is a loss on his record. Um, no, Matt Hamill. Oh yeah, not Matt Hamill. No, yeah. no, yeah, and obviously they get paid. It's like is incentivized to win. So as you get an easy way out, whilst also uh, he was getting popped, like the blood, there was claret everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like um, I don't know if you have ever seen um, Hardy, heavyweight, the ex NFL player. Oh, Greg. Greg Hardy, he illegally struck someone on the floor the guy was fine 
yeah. But he wanted to win. Win bonus. I was just about to say, did they still get the win bonus? Yeah, because they won. Because there's a disqualification. Uh, so they yeah, get a win true. bonus, you know. And he gets... He's a big guy, heavyweight. And he's like getting carried out of the... And I'm thinking, this guy's playing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, all right. And don't get me wrong, man. There's a legal strike. He's going to be hurt. But his bell's been rung enough in his life that he does probably not... He's not out cold. It's mm. not Ben Askren versus Jorge. Like, you know, he, uh. he wasn't needed to be carried out like that. But that's maybe where... Why can't they just... Why can't they just be both paid a figure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think when they get to the, like big fights like nowadays like no one got a win bonus for this I don't think did they not no I think it was just this is your fee Connor definitely didn't thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, John Jones hit um, Anthony Smith did he with a knee whilst he was down knee to the head yeah. whilst he was down but I think Anthony Smith just took two minutes he was just like right let's go again what a lie and that guy is man like yeah. I know, no, I know that's, that was an accidental play on his nickname there yeah yeah um, but he is but it's like when he fought um Glover Tashira the other day. Glover Tashira has pinged both of his front teeth out, and he's hitting him on the floor, and he's like, and he's there going, "Oh, sorry, man, sorry." It's Anthony Smith, and it's just going part of the game, man. Both of your front teeth pinged across yeah, the cage. Yeah. Like that takes a special human to just take that in his stride. And I don't Absolutely know if you've seen his, the Polaris where he's fought the UFC um, on the Polaris uh, cards, and his jiu-jitsu is off, like he's off the charts, man. Yeah, yeah, you see. Uh, so you had Polaris, um, I can't, uh, UFC team, a Polaris team. There was another team as well. Uh, and there was a strike force team as well. So you had like Benson Henderson and people are on the strike force team and Anthony Smith. Oh my God. Submitting people left, right. That they also had a sugar, sugar Sean on it. Sugar Sean, uh, uh, Mali. He's fighting against you, didn't he? Oh mate. They just announced, uh, one of his, another fight for him. I was gutted when he lost, man. Yeah, I was. I really wanted to do really well. He will. He will. But oh yeah, I hope he bounces back. I like how we said we we're gonna have a conversation. What we're gonna? We have just spent ages talking about you. Yeah, team. yeah. Well, it, we have put it on. Yeah, it's on in the background, but no, yeah. It's, uh... oh, it happens soon, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. That I think no, it was in the first round, wasn't it? That Dustin said. Uh, you know, he hit me, I've, yeah. And if he hit me again, I would have gone down. Yeah. So what? But, what are your personal? Obviously, I know we. Here we go. Is oh, this it? No, Connor. Yeah. Here we go. No. Boom. Good head movement there, though, and that's he's gone yeah. there. Look at his leg. Boom! Oh, look no. at that. No. Brutal. Mate, the thing is, yeah, I. That's oh my! The meme. The oh no. Me. And I think, yeah, that's the first time because I remember Connor put a tweet out or something that said, uh, um, I don't know, it like, um, Ben Stiller, but, uh, no one's ever made me bleed my own blood. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, oh, what about when he was, uh, fighting Nate? Like, you were covered. He was like, yeah, that was all Nate's. But I think that's the first time anyone's ever made him, like, bleed. Legit. Is it, is it blood? Yeah. Is that blood or whiskey? Oh, man. Shout out a proper 12. Mate, he's making bank on that, isn't he? Clever guy, though. Like, say yeah. what you want like you might not like him as a person what he's done for mma and what he's done like how many armchair fans are there now because of connor like there's loads there's, there's hundreds isn't there yeah so yeah you can't you can't knock that and obviously he's gonna he's gonna cash in his, his life he's not gonna be a fighter forever um and yeah i mean i i'm not a whiskey drinker so i've never actually tried it no nah. i've heard like very mixed reviews 
And I reckon a lot of the good reviews are probably just absolute fanboys. Yeah. Oh, i got to be honest. Yeah, I love it. I think he's a brilliant fighter. I think he's a brilliant personality. I'd love to have him. Can you remember when he went to um, Ocean Beach in Ibiza? And he just shut the place down. Like, he's there. Yeah, he's and was, oh, oh Mate, he was at um, Cheltenham Races as well. Was he? Yeah, he went to Cheltenham Races, what yeah. What a legend. He just yeah. lives. He lives a life we'd all like to live, but he lives it unapologetically. Yeah, he's got yeah. his wife, three kids. Mate, he, he don't come without controversy, though, does he? Like, punching that old bloke. Again, not live the life we want to live. <laughs> you don't want to punch old blokes. But he is just himself, unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, and obviously you don't want to cause harm to other people, he, he is... He, and he, he is wearing his heart on his sleeve, though. He's very obviously upset, isn't he? Like, yeah, of course he is, yeah. He, he, it's hard to keep an act up full-time when like it just dies doesn't it and he it's yeah. not an act because that's who he is and it's easy for him to be that <sighs> mate i think he is like um he is still quite humble when he gets defeated though because when he was when, when nate submitted him he was like yeah no um just i i know where i was wrong and he obviously did fix like what he was how he went wrong because well that was a close fight the, the yeah. second Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fight. I thought it was scored fairly. That I I agreed with that. What the Conor won? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my I opinion. Don't know. <sighs> I obviously I'm a massive Nate Diaz fan, but really, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, quite big. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I know we kind of touched on it earlier about like ever doing MMA. I feel, I for me, would you? Because you're still quite young now. Yeah, yeah, I'm still. Still in my prime. Uh, yeah. 27 next in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah. do you know what? This is the problem. I love the thought of winning. Yeah, yeah. I love the thought of winning. I love the thought of beating someone. But I don't like the... Th- I don't think I take into account... Like, these people get up at five in the morning and go for a run. No, they do, thank you. you, you like, you've you got to do striking. You've got to do grappling. You've got to work on your cardio. Mate, everything has right. to be on point. Like, the, and I think... Oh, I say a lot of people do this. A lot of people plan to become an MMA fighter, but like I said, the winning aspect is is all I want. It's brilliant, yeah. And then I think at the same time, am I that person? I'm not. I'm not averse to a bit of aggression, but it's like I'm not that. Per- I don't think. Have you ever heard the story? Nada Sinai said he looks across the cage and looks at Kevin, Calvin Gaston, and he's like, "I'm ready to die." I don't think that's me. <sighs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's been moments on on a rugby pitch when I've looked at a player and thought man I'm not ready to die here yeah. <laughs> let alone let alone just looking tackled. yeah just looking at like yeah just looking at um, a guy just being locked in a cage with him so yeah. I I I would probably do a charity one I probably would I probably I, I don't know what I'd probably try and do light heavyweight I wouldn't want to know some big boys in heavyweight yeah. Like but yeah I, I again like the thought of winning but that is it I don't like the sacrifice that comes of it. Yeah. Now all the, uh, yeah, all the training. And... Yeah. That's the best thing about jujitsu. Like, I decide when it's over because I've got the choice of tapping. There's no pride. Like, in boxing, you've got that element of pride, haven't you? You've got, like, the, you've got the whole, oh, don't quit, things like that. Yeah. You, you will never be frowned upon if you're uncomfortable. I have, if I, if I'm uncomfortable, even if it's from pressure, I've got the option to tap. I decide when it's over by tapping. Obviously, with the chokes, you've got the um, possibility of getting choked unconscious. But I would much rather 100% get choked unconscious than be knocked out, like in a boxing fight. Yeah, one million percent. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
And then also, obviously, you've got like arm locks, things like that, which could potentially, you could do some damage to your shoulders. Again, I look at that and I think I'd rather go unconscious than than have like my shoulder popped out because I'm gonna, I can go to work tomorrow. If yeah, I'm, yeah. If I'm choked out. If I if you put my arm out of socket, I'm not working for probably three three months, like you know. Yeah, yeah. And is it ever gonna be right again? I've seen I've known a few people who've dislocated their shoulders and they've had ops never right again. Is it hundred percent? But yeah, I I just yeah. I mean, obviously we got a few people at our school who do jujitsu that that well a few have had MMA fights and a few want to become MMA fighters. Yeah, Liam Webb's had a couple of MMA fights, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think it was his first one. I think he um, submitted the guy in about thirty seconds. Was it guillotine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, because that yeah. was for charity, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's... Yeah, I mean... And he, he's he's fought a few just jiu-jitsu gi competitions, hasn't he? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I don't, I don't know exactly how many MMA fights he's had. Yeah. I'm sure... I know he's had the one, so he might have had, like, another another couple. Yeah. Do you know Do you know where he does, like, his MMA training to? What, like, all his strikers and stuff? Yeah, um, yeah. Man, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Because, yeah. um... Talking of that, he is of Fijian origin, I believe. Am I right in saying that? Um, possibly, yeah. I could be completely uh, wrong. I think it's one of the, uh, um, like the Pacific Islands or something. Yeah, because like, yeah. I remember, I remember when he was quite, he was elated that his dad got a job uh, cooking for the Bristol Bears at their new facility in Abbotsley. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure. Mate, do you know his dad when they um, won the Challenge Cup? Okay, yeah. His dad got a medal as well. Did he? Yeah, because uh, a friend with his... Uh, team, eh? Yeah, me. Part of the, yeah, part of the team, but... No iron team, but there is me. Yeah, <laughs> I've see, I seen... Um, you probably don't know his brother, do you, Kieran? No. Yeah, so uh, Kieran posted on Facebook that he... Uh, I think his dad gave him like the medal that he got. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Nah, do you know what is amazing to see where Bristol are now? I mean, I supported them for years and... Me, struck. back when he was playing at the men. Oh, mate, playing at the Mem, struggling, like, in every, you had, like, your Dan Ward-Smiths, brilliant player, moves mm. to then go to, like, uh, I think he went to Wasps. Right. You know? And Bristol, I don't want to say they become that side, but you look at the side they used to have or players that moved on, but you look now, the infrastructure they have built, yeah. the academy and homegrown talent they've got, and the players that they've bought in or it's not bought in but they kind of signed and get the right contracts to right place right time they the it's there pat lamb is obviously you've got lansdowne who's he's the beneficiary isn't he? he's the guy who puts a lot of money into it but they have built is that the, the like the the big guy at the top of yeah bristol, bristol sport, sport yeah. yeah yeah so he's obviously set the he set the foundations in place um then you've got pat lamb as director of rugby and is is it's all working brilliant. I, you look at, I think, most games, they've got three or four, five, six, I don't know the number off the top of my head, homegrown players. Yeah. I mean, like we just watched that earlier, you, they had a hooker come off the bench, homegrown. Joe Joyce, homegrown. Mitch Eady, homegrown. Yeah. And at, like, the names are endless. And then when you're luxury players, are people like Semi Randandra, who's Fijian, which made me think about that. Yeah, yeah. And you, your Pia Towers, uh, Lua Towers, you, they're bringing, bringing in the right people and... You only ever hear of positive atmosphere there. Like I've I've never heard of a scandal come out of Bristol yet. Nah. And even like the homegrown players they're bringing in, your um, Nathan Hughes, your Carl Sinclair, they're going to lose them to international duty. But they're bringing in the right people. They're bringing in the people who are 
foundations for the future. Mm-hmm. The only name I can say, so obviously you have Mitchie D left to go Northampton Saints. Yeah. He's come back now. Um, but the only other person from Bristol I can say who's left, who's still gone, is Ellis Gench, who's at Leicester Tigers. Right. And I mean, what character he is. Do you follow him on social media? No, I don't. Oh, but good. Oh, who's the guy that I do follow? Uh, um, Joe Marner. Joe Marlowe, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, mate, how he just like flicked... Um, uh, Alan wynne Oh, yeah. mate, just flicked his balls, didn't he, at the... People didn't... Mate, people got really touchy about that. Mate, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, from that... from that, like, he got quite a big fine for that, didn't he? Yeah, and oh, the thing is, he got banned, didn't he? But COVID, yeah. it was like a six-week ban, I can't remember, but because of COVID coming in, six weeks was up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is brilliant. But no, yeah, I... Um, mate, six stations this weekend, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Scotland first game on the on Saturday, I'm sure. That's the only time I dislike Scotland. Just saying. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, do you know what I find quite interesting with that now? You've got Saracens have gone down to the Championship. Yeah. How many? Is that because of the big like money paying, paying people too much money? Man. Yeah, the money yeah. scandal, wasn't it? Yeah. So you've got obviously the Vanapola brothers who play there. Yeah. Mara Toji. Um, I'm not going to list all the internationals at Saracen yeah. <laughs> star-studded lineup, but it's interesting because they actually lost their first game to Elin Trailfinders. Did you see that? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Elin have bought they've bought in well, mind. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, but I think they're obviously going for quite a big push as well. It'd be nice if they. It's nice when you see teams like that kind of do successful, and as much you don't want to hate on people like Saracens, it would be. It would be almost funny. It'd be the Bristol conundrum. How many years after years after years would we get pipped? at the? F- We'd win the league and get pipped in the final. Yeah. And yeah, it would almost be funny or comical to actually see such a successful club that happened to them. Obviously, it's good for the English game to see Saracens back up there. But yeah, to see it happen to another club would be interesting. Yeah. Do you think they'll come straight back up though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got to. They've had so many people commit like lions like you know yeah yeah, yeah. And all odds say no to to the lions to what happening because i suppose as a spectacle you want the fans there don't you so i don't think they're gonna have the luxury of not losing anyone not having people trying to save them for the lions talk because that's a monumental point in people's career you know yeah yeah oh but it's a big thing getting picked for the lions once every four years you know yeah yeah is as big as going to the world like there's like you say once you're a lion you're a lion for life like it's how many people like Dylan Hartley's been snubbed a couple of times although at points he's been the best hooker uh, yeah is that, is that not just because of his attitude though a lot of times uh, I, I suppose so I don't know if actually he was going to go that one year yeah and then he armpired Jamie George got oh. disciplinary oh and then I, I could be wrong but then Jamie George replaced him <laughs> nice so but yeah no is, have you seen Dylan Hartley does jiu-jitsu I didn't actually do that. He's um, you know the reorg charity. Yeah. Um, they post quite a lot about him on there, so I'm pretty sure he does. He does jujitsu, and he's an ambassador for Through Dark Clothing, which is run by ex Special Forces. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I'm, I'm. This is just from a podcast that Through Dark is ex Special Forces. Um, one of them's the J- Jamie Morton from Morton Morton from uh yeah. the new guy from the SAS Who Does Wins. I think there's three guys that own it. And they made it very clear at the start that like this is not the cheapest stuff, but we've produced it from a special forces mind. What it says on the tin, it will do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Dylan Hartley's like an ambassador of that, which is 
I was going to say I was going to buy a coat from it, but I didn't have four bills to spare. Really? Is that much? <laughs> yeah, but it is designed for like it's, your it's hiking. Bollocks, your, yeah. If you want to do the three peaks in the winter, that's what you that's wearing. what you want to wear. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're also a, a sponsor of Nims. Is it Nims Paraja, who's just climbed K two? Okay. The guy who did uh, all the peaks in X amount of time. Um, but he's just climbed K2 in the winter, which is obviously a huge achievement with his team. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're a sponsor of him because he was obviously, he was, he's a Gurkha, but he was ex-SBS. So obviously he knows a lot of the Special Forces guys. That's cool. So yeah. Mate, um, Askell, uh, James Askell was supposed to do uh, a bit of MMA. When he, he signed for Benetton like a couple of years ago. Yeah, I watched like a, a In the Life Of. James Haskell, it was like a diary. Yeah. And it was him going to like, because he was driving quite a long way to do his training. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was, got, was it London Fight Zone or something like that? He was uh, training. London Shoot Fighters. Mm. Yeah. That's it. And he was obviously, I can't remember where it was, but I think he, I think it was like a four hour round trip traveling there and then back. Wow. Um, Where's he from then? Pass. I don't know where he lives. I don't know where yeah. he's from, but he probably doesn't. Do you know his wife is Richard and Judy's daughter? Really? Yeah. That's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but do you know what? He, he's a guy who, he, he's kind of lived his best life when it comes to rugby. Like, he's done all right. Played France. He's played in New Zealand. He's mm. he's played in Japan. He's come back to England. Yeah. He's been a lion. He's been an, he's played for, when I look at that, and I think there's so many people, obviously there's a lot to be said for people who stay at one club. Yeah, but, a bit of law, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But as a guy, you know, not unfortunately as a professional rugby player maybe wanted to travel the world if he didn't have the luxury of yeah. being a professional rugby player he's done it mate Duncan said to me um, told me something uh, that I didn't know if you're you're not allowed to play for the country if you're not playing for a team within the country yeah, yeah. I never knew that obviously yeah. like with with football do what you want can't you but yeah yeah I think it's is <sighs> pros and cons cons is money will be in france money will be in japan people want to experience maybe better caliber of rugby yeah but the pro is obviously you're keeping that high level of rugby in your own country yeah yeah so like for example um england had the conundrum of not having a proper seven for years and you yeah. had the armitage brothers both playing it too long right. now stefan armitage was i think he won european rugby player of the year two years in a row right out and out best seven in the world at that moment in time England would not select him. They were struggling for a seven. Would not select him because he played in France. Yeah. France. I mean, there's a little bit of water that separates us. Yeah. It's not like he not like he was in New Zealand. I had to travel back. I had to travel back for Six Nations and stuff like that. Ultimately, the games he was missing, he was playing in France. He was... The French understood the structure of the Six Nations. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's... I, I think Wales are allowed to choose two players for, that don't play in their, their standard. Um, so obviously you've got you've got people like Toby Falatau who play at Bath. Um, I, I suppose that's a bit different if it's um, within the UK, though. Do you not think rather than actually buggering off overseas? Yeah, true, true. I suppose. I mean, Bath to Wales. Yeah, eight far <laughs> you know? is it? Yeah, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I believe Wales are allowed to select two players because Jamie Roberts was playing abroad for a while and he was obviously still getting selected for for Wales. Yeah. This has got an interesting haircut for Gerardo's got hair in it. Hey, have you seen this fight before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, what's, what's it, what was this one? Uh, UFC 256. 256, yeah. 
They, so, this this was close. I thought Figueroa won though. <laughs> nah, I this I thought this. I wasn't too sure which way it was going to go. Too fair. Is that haircut like of a superhero or like a cartoon or something? No idea. Because that is really random to just say I'll have that. Yeah, just a random red stripe and bleach blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sugar Sean O'Malley. Like he. he oh, what is Takeshi Six Nine hair? Yeah. Mate, when I was about nineteen, I think I was. I like remember that everyone had the V cut like down the back. Yeah. Well, mine kind of like swooped around to the side instead of straight back, and I had like one blonde strip following it back. Oh no! Did your mum say you look nice though? Yeah, she did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mum said look pretty. No. Yeah, that's all cool. So, have you got any uh, up and coming people on the podcast committed to this yet? Um, I spoke to Tom Proctor. Um, it's a Super Bowl this weekend, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah, it's uh, Chiefs yeah. versus the Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah, Tampa Bay yeah, Buccaneers, yeah. yeah. So, uh, here we go an old dog in Brady or a new dog in Mahomes. Oh, mate, I reckon the thing is, yeah, with Tom Brady, like, I think he's, this would be his 10th Super Bowl. And, mate, you wouldn't have said Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have been in the Super Bowl before, <laughs> but now they got Tom Brady, mate, get in. Like, he obviously makes a difference. That's sick. Class is permanent, isn't it? You know, and yeah, and he's Gronkowski's there as well. Mm. I mean, what a man mountain he is, but yeah, so I want to get uh Tom and Nick in, because uh, obviously I used to uh play American football to quite a good standard, yeah. Um, man, I really want Dibs on just for uh, uh, his stories. He is one of those people, you if you meet him and you don't have the funniest night of your life you didn't meet him yeah <laughs> or you're the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? he didn't like you honestly yeah some of the stories he's told just, just to hear all the i don't know if they're all uh, podcast appropriate <laughs> no I don't, I don't know if you could name names and stuff but yeah yeah Point names pinch yeah. fingers but Mate. yeah no it's uh but obviously i still want to get uh, antonio and salvo on yeah uh coach steve really want to get craig on as well um yeah, just a few people for like uh, yeah. music as well. Yeah, so see, you've got that background in you, haven't you? Is it drum and bass you like? Yeah, yes, drum and bass. Drum yeah. and bass, bass. Yeah, drum bass. and bass, jungle. Yeah, I've missed the rave so much. What are you on about? You organised the one in Yate? Oh, shut up, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, that was a joke, that was. I did get asked if I wanted to go. I was just like, no, nah, I'm not. I can confirm you did not go because yeah. you picked me up the next day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did, yeah. Mate, my dad would have battered me if I went there. He wouldn't have been happy. Yeah, I didn't get invited, so didn't want to go anyway. Nah. <laughs> but no, I'd... Yeah, yeah, I mean... Because that was like, right, the, like, COVID was... It's still a big thing now, but, like, I, mate, I, I couldn't have participated in that. Only one thing I will say is how well was it organised. They cut the power off and they went, don't worry, we've got generators. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's what they always do at those like free parties, just take their generators in. Yeah, I, I yeah. went down there the, the next morning just to see like the aftermath of it. <laughs> I bet it was still going on, wasn't it? Yeah, mate, it was still going on till like I think it was like what time do we go out for food? That was about midday, Mid, about midday, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think it was still going on till like four o'clock or something. <sighs> Crazy, mate. Yeah, I mean, they were breaking a lot of laws. Well, one or two, yeah, but. I feel like we've kind of gone away from uh, talking about how we met jiu-jitsu. Yeah, buddy. So what, I'm going to ask you on your own podcast. Yeah. What brought you to jiu-jitsu? 
Because uh, I feel like you might not get this opportunity for someone else to ask you what brought you to jujitsu because you'll be doing the questions. So for me, Conor McGregor brought me to the UFC. And then when I see Nate Diaz absolutely destroyed the UFC poster boy mm. with jujitsu, I was like, that is cool as fuck. Yeah. I want to learn that shit. What year was that? Um, 15? 16? Oh, when did I first start? It took me... Um, it took me a little while to... Like, kind of pluck up the courage as such to... Um, actually... Because I started training at Bristol first. Yeah. Um, Which was still a Gracie Barra Yeah, affiliate. Gracie Barra yeah. Bristol, yeah. And the Giza. Um, but yeah, it, it took me uh, it took me a little while to even just like send the email to just inquire about sort of going. Yeah. And then um, I changed jobs. I, I was still in the same company, but I uh, just changed role in the, in the company. I was sort of doing an external role. And I just wasn't, getting to Bristol in time as you can imagine sort of like trying to get into Bristol at 6 o'clock it's not the easiest thing when there's so much no, traffic yeah. so um, it's only sort of like after three about three or four months maybe um, that um, I sort of kind of I was only making like one class one, one a week sometimes after miss a week so I just wasn't yeah. getting back in time anyway did you feel like your your growth as a as in jiu-jitsu was stunted or did you did you feel like maybe an outsider from from like your own self-admittance or how do you mean so like because you could only obviously you're naturally it was an established school wasn't it so you're wanting to build Very. relationships with people things like that yeah did you feel like your lack of uh attendance was yeah was stunting your growth oh in no yeah of course it was yeah because there was a um, there's a couple of people who um you know started up pretty much the same time as me um and I see like how they were progressing, and then when when I stopped, I'd sort of seen that um, he got his blue belt, and you know other people were sort of like yeah. getting their purples and like you know extra stripes and stuff. But as soon as I um, as soon as I see that uh, that Yate was opening, how did you see that was opening? Oh, just on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just like, mate, I'm there. Yeah. I still have my key, so I just uh, like put a comment on the page and um, on one of the photos and uh. Uh, just sent him a message, and uh, yeah, I was there for the opening day, and yeah, mate, so happy. You're probably in the same position as me. Like, I I've got a friend who lives in Norway. Yeah, um, yeah. he's he's from Bristol. Grew up with him. Um, went traveling, met a girl in Norway. Well, met a girl whilst traveling from Norway. He moved there, and he um he lives about 400 meters away from one of the best schools in Scandinavia. Right. And he was chatting to me about it the other day, and I'm in this position where if someone asks me about jujitsu, I've almost now got to say, "Look, I apologise for my enthusiasm <laughs> because yeah. you're asking someone who's borderline obsessed with it." My Instagram feed, jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, I thought the people who I have on on Instagram that I'm forwarding constant videos of is getting to the point now where I've got to dilute how many I send to different people. Yeah, yeah. But I look at apparel for jujitsu. I look at you name it, and it's. I'm like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do that. But yeah, it's, you you must be in that thing where it's like, I am so passionate about it. And then, like you yeah. said, uh, how far is the school from this? Oh, mate, like it it takes me less than two minutes to get there. Yeah. yeah. And I still skip the warm ups. Yeah. <laughs> still <laughs> yeah, miss the warm ups. You can do that. Oh, well, yeah, like. blue bat, do what you want, can disappear yeah. when you want and you can skip the warm ups. I'll tell you what, I, I comment on being a blue bat about everything. Are you a blue bat? 
I I am, yeah, before you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but mate, just like even um my uh PlayStation username thing is uh Henry Bluebutt Hemmings. <laughs> mate, on WhatsApp I've changed it to Henry Bluebutt Hemmings. Is that so if you get some beef like you can just say Yeah, excuse me, just read it. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I I I know what you mean now. What did you start? Why? Yeah. So I <sighs> I was going to say, it's a long-winded story, but this is what a podcast is for, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Um, I played rugby from a young age, so I played rugby from about... I, my first love was football. Okay. I I only know how to play football, how I played rugby, and that's physical. Right. I'm not a footballer. I can head a ball, I can kick a ball. i got no finesse. I played in goal, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck position. Yeah, so then I eventually got into, into rugby. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed rugby, did all right. But, so you're quite, quite passionate about the rugby as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm quite a passionate spectator nowadays. Um, but yeah, I, I did all right. I held my own. But again, I was never I was never fully in, ultimately. You can't afford to be getting hurt and working a full-time job. Like, you know, if you're missing a month a year unpaid because of broken fingers, teeth knocked out, ex- broken noses, you know, you're going to have to go to appointments. You don't pay the bills. And, you know, unless you're very... even even now, like you've got to be top of the food chain rugby player to to get your bills paid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically, I did that and I quit at twenty two. Yeah, and okay. just just because I I couldn't bother to do it, and I needed to find something. I plowed weight on, and I needed to find something to fill the void that was that was literally rugby. That was yeah, yeah. Because rugby, at one point, I mean, we, I was training three times a week, playing once, maybe twice a week, and it that was all my life was mm-hmm. all my all my friends were rugby based and things like that. And my, my image, my, what I perceive, I was James, the rugby guy amongst my like school friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I needed to find something else. So again, I tried to go back to football. Nah, it just wasn't for me. Just, you know, overweight, big, not really that good. Go playing goal. What position good. were you in rugby? Second row. Yeah. 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 Can you not tell? Uh, not good looking after being back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like every second row, I try to work my way into the back row. Okay. <laughs> but I'm too lazy. Um, but no, yeah. So I need to find that voice. And out. football one for me. Try CrossFit. Really, really wanted that to work for six, seven months. Again, just could not be passionate enough about it. And then I basically was on Instagram and I seen uh, Tom Martin, who trained at our school. Yeah, yeah. He Tom's post- cool. Yeah, so he posted a um, Tom. If you listen, come back. Yeah, um, he posted. Uh, Mate, he's picture. lost a lot of weight, you know. Yeah, he's he, a big boy though, as in like he, muscular. Yeah, he was a unit, but yeah. I seen him um, a few months ago, and he just slimmed right down. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just just not been training or. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, sorry, go on. But yeah, he, so he posted like a picture of his gi, and he just said, "Oh, here's something new," and by this point now, like I was a big fan of UFC MMA. I understood what jujitsu was. I didn't yeah. obviously have many grasps of it, but I knew it was a martial art, a very dominant one. Yeah. Um, and I had in the past kind of looked for some for, for a school, and obviously I lived closer to Bristol. I lived closer to Canesham, yeah. as in areas where there were schools, and none of them not didn't appeal to me. I just didn't have that instant urge to go. Yeah. I yeah. lived the same, and I lived the same distance from to Bath as to Yate. 
And yeah, I didn't have that instant feeling of like this, this is what I would be. And he put something new, I clicked and it said Gracie Barrier. And it was just having that first connection, although he just started, mm. as having that connection, that comfort blanket for someone else being there. Yeah. Which is hilarious now because so many of my friends are from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many of your like, closest friends are yeah. there. Yeah. And literally, I went there. I, I messaged him and I said, when are the classes? And he said, just rock up. And obviously, one of my good friends, Chunk, Sam, yeah. he wanted to do it as well. Right. Big fan of UFC. Where, where does he live? Does he live near you as well? So he used to, so he used to live in Kingswood, literally five minutes away from me. He's now just moved. Mate, to hold Chippenham. that thought. Watch this. Watch his dick kick. Hold on. It's coming. Oh, hurry up! Ever kick him? Here you go. Should have rewound it back further. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a toe punt, mate. In it. Oh, mate! Like he's got to take. Was it can take five minutes? He can take five minutes. Take yeah, the full five minutes there, man. Mate, he's got. Oh yeah, my, mate, wow. he's literally right. And uh, couldn't he unmute him in it. Turn it a bit. Why is he going to talk like that now? <laughs> <laughs> but mate, you like he's literally just like coughing his guts up. This where he's been. Oh, mate. <sighs> Yeah. That's bad. It's naughty, isn't it? Does he mean to yeah. do you think he does that on purpose or not? No. I don't know, because it's, it's the second time he's... uh he's, oh, is it um, a second low blow, is it? No, the uh, sorry, the first one was an eye poke. Okay. The old John June. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. But, oh, wow, that's yeah. naughty now, isn't it? What are we talking about? Um, uh, Chunk. Oh, Chunk, yeah, so Chunk now lives Chippenham. Um, but yeah, so I had that comfort blanket of having a friend come with me, so yeah. not everyone was looking at me. Someone who was already there, yeah. I thought like established, like knew his face was familiar. Yeah, yeah. I went in, and from day one, I literally remember, I remember walking on the mats and how welcoming Antonio was. And I'm for people who don't know him, how I've never, no one says a bad word about it. He is the most friendliest guy. We are like, we are so lucky to have a coach that is that passionate about not just the sport, but about us. And about just, not just jujitsu growth, but personal growth. Yeah. And I think the the one thing that I dislike. (laughs) Yeah. No, that, that sort of, that great thing about Antonio, his jokes are terrible. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Every Spanish guy I know is funny. Mate, all the Spaniards, like Anderson. Anderson's hilarious. And just it's, Junior, it's, hilarious. Yeah, all the Spanish ones. I'm going to get my air kicked in for that. Yeah. No. yeah. But, um, but no, and, mate, Antonio is top guy. Yeah. But he, like like you said, is. Mate, and Steve Steens. Oh, I was going to say, like, you got Steve again. We're going back talking about, like, not knowing what Duncan had been through in his life bef- yeah, yeah, like, yeah. before listening to the podcast. Steve. Wealth of experience, wealth of knowledge, and lifelong martial artist, really. Yeah, she's done um, karate. Say karate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and again, you don't know what this guy is has like done in his life up until that point, and you're 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 rolling on the mats of this guy. And again, personal growth, and Steve's huge on personal growth. Like we are so yeah. lucky to have, and this goes right up to Salva as well, mind. This this flows 100%. from the top down. It is a hierarchy system in terms of Salva's put onto Antonio. Antonio's obviously Steve's obviously older in age, but because Steve used to be at Bristol as well, did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, aware. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then um, um, I don't know if he just came 
started training at Yate when Yate opened or there was, no, there was a bit of a layoff actually in between yeah. each. So he, um, but yeah, I'm so glad he has. Yeah, but it, it's like literally, like I was saying, you walk in and it, it just everyone was so friendly. Every, like there was no pressure to sign up. There was no pressure to enjoy the class. Yeah. But I remember being there. I've done an hour and a half class, ultimately been destroyed for an hour and a half as a, as a newbie. Very passionate. Like, like I was trying to be passionate. But yeah, he's, he's, and he was just talking to me and he had so much time for me. And I remember thinking, it's pretty late now. It's pretty late. Yeah. And he didn't want to leave. I was the one. I was the one that ended up having to leave, like you know. So, mate, how many times after the lesson you're still there, sort of like half hour, hour later? Oh my, it gets me in so much trouble because yeah. then I'm going in, I'm washing my gi, and then getting in the shower, yeah, getting into bed, and you think, right, tomorrow I'll have an early night. And then you go training. You ain't getting, you ain't going to bed till early, uh, late again. But yeah, that's the, so. That is the story of how and jujitsu is honestly the one thing where you've got so many different aspects, like. You've got gi, no gi. You've got different nights. You've got the fitness side. Like, I was bar probably barra fit. I was oh, probably my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably in the fittest shape of my life when I got to um, Yate Gracie Barra. I was yeah. I'd just done like CrossFit pretty much every night for six months. I was running every day. I was doing half marathons, things like that. Feeling pretty fit, and I remember going there and just straight away going, "This is a different type of fitness. I'm blowing." Yeah. And the other thing that I also thought was how I need to know about this because how I've just been dominated by a man who is half my weight just because he knows what he's doing. Or yeah. I'm in his ballpark, but I don't want to be caught out in a situation on the street against someone who could do this to me. Mate, like, the thing is, like, go back to Steve Staines. He's like half your weight, half your size, double your age. <laughs> and he's just like, and what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah <laughs> again is is that um it's that whole nice guy on the outside but y- you don't know like what they know he's a lifelong martial artist yeah i, I wouldn't want to strike with him either i've nah. got one defense and that's running <laughs> his, his hips are giving out now aren't they so. <laughs> yeah right. but, but when you say it's like a different type of fitness like um obviously i roll with danny quite a lot because um he's just one of the bigger guys like yeah them. yeah and um but whenever like we roll he just he gasses like quite quickly um and me, him, and Duncan have been like sort of doing a bit of running recently, and I'm just I gas quick, and it it's, it's got to be when I'm just on top of him, and just crushing him, <laughs> and that's why he gasses so quick. Yeah, well, that's a quick way to learn to not be under you. <laughs> yeah. I learned that very quick. Yeah, <laughs> mate. The thing that I can't sort of get around you is just your long limbs. Yeah, I've got long limbs, and then unfortunately I brought Joe, who's got even longer limbs. Than yeah. Me. <laughs> but no, yes. I, do you know what? Mate, same with Pete. Pete, man. The, the flying, flipping triangle. Oh, mate, yeah. When he when he did his crucial leg, he went, oh, no. no, <laughs> no oh, no, I'm not going to get triangle oh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit like that. I felt gutted for him, but at the same time, I thought, yeah. yeah well. Is he all healed up now? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, he recovered. I've seen him doing like a little bit on the mats pre-lockdown. Yeah. Like, you know, so he's... He, it seems to be active and he's working again so it can't yeah it I, think can't... He was, I think he was working anyway oh was he I think so yeah so I seen him at the gym um, after he'd done it and I think he was just sort of like yeah he was, well he was at the gym so he must have been there for right <laughs> yeah yeah I mean but yeah this it's funny though like we're saying about growth as people mm. we've just named so Steve Staines uh, yeah Duncan people like Danny and ha- like 
we all and myself I, sometimes i'm just not getting this anymore but if you brought yourself on the mats from the day you walked into now what well, you'd ragdoll yourself oh and then, when i first went to um like the eight school when it first opened i couldn't finish a session like i'd have to jade used to come like all the time mm. um when we like when we first opened and i just used to like sit at the top or just like sit on the step and be like i can't <laughs> i'd just be like open, open the wind open the door and be like sort of december like absolutely bolting outside i'd be like i, I need air and uh and Antonio would be like come on just like just stay on the mats at least i was yeah. like mate you don't get this <laughs> i know you used to be a big guy but you weren't this big and like but now i'm just like yeah sound let's, let's keep going yeah yeah and it's like obviously you were there from the open day. I was there a couple of weeks after, so it was Pete. Yeah, you weren't long, yeah. Yeah, like, you're saying about personal, like, we've all personally developed, and I remember something Antonio said to me so early on, people you're closer with on the mats will become the closest people in your life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that is something that's been said throughout every jiu-jitsu school in the world. Yeah. And it seems cliche, but it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I've, I've become really good friends with Danny, um, Dibs as well, yeah, like yeah. yourself. Um, and obviously when we go out, like, for a, for a bit of food for the Chinese and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I knew the Proctors um, before anyway, but yeah, they've just become part of the, the, like, the circle that we've got within. That's what I mean. Yeah. Could you imagine not going to that school? Like, uh, nah, it's just... I think what, what helped me though, um, is that I was, and yourself, was there right from the start. Yeah. So we all, like literally, like the blue belts there now, kind of just came up together. I thought you got yours before me. I did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mate, it was actually... It was a whole year. I was just about to say it was a whole 12 months. 12 months? Yeah, I, I should say... Um, 52 weeks. I should say blue belt with one stripe. <laughs> um, because that's what I am. A pity stripe. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I, I got... I, whenever I'm on the mats, I just... Um, I, and someone like, sort of gets close to it. Like wherever I'm wrong, excuse me, I'm a blue belt, and, uh, <laughs> and it was Craig that I said it to, and he was like, "Yeah, with one stripe." Because he's got his, he's got two, hasn't he? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and him and Duncan and Anderson, I think they got two stripes, and then uh, me, Alan, I think Dib's got a stripe as well on his belt. I'm trying to think if I've got a stripe, I'm not sure. Because then you got your blue belt, yeah. Jordan got his blue belt. Jordan got his. Uh, Chris got his purple belt. Um, and Rich got his blue belt. James Axford got his blue belt. Um, I'm not sure if Will got a stripe on his blue belt or not. He, yeah, he did because he went he to did. Bath. I'm sure he got. I'm sure because you posted in the chat saying congratulations, I think. Oh, Antonio's was... got a stripe. Antonio's yeah. got. He's got two. Stripes on his brown. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll love it when he gets his black belt now. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to put his photo up on the wall without him knowing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Bound to his photo. Because Sam has got his own photo up in his school, hasn't he? It's your, it's your legacy, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, you. But if in, you're in, his student, you bow to the masters. But in Bristol, um, it was only um, Grandmaster Carlos that they had up on the wall. Well, not Hodger, because he got his black belt from Hodger, didn't no he? No one else. Okay. Yeah, just uh, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if that's a raw personal preference. I'm not sure, but no, yeah, I, yeah, that'd be an amazing that that'd be good for the school. That'd be good. Yeah, I totally love it. Cause I think he said he uh he started crying as well when he got his brown belt. 
me i was emotional when i got my blue so I, imagine yeah. what a black belt would be like that's that is like not the pinnacle because like everyone knows you you don't complete it yeah yeah you, well blue belt is completed but um <laughs> yeah like we, like this i know there's like another obviously like all your um degrees above your black belt and then mm. um your coral belt and then like you know the absolute maximum your red belt but really i think for for a lot of people like black belt is seen as the it, it the is top. i suppose it is kind of the top of the iceberg you know yeah but once you're there if you stop training it's you go back down so yeah is yeah i mean i don't think we've had many um you know there's sort of that, um traditional cliche joke of um you know once you get your blue belt you stop training yeah i don't think we've had many that have stopped have we not, not, I think we've had one or two for very valid reasons, uh, especially during like the COVID. Yeah, yeah. But not people who have just stopped. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't. Like, yeah, you've got people with the COVID and things like that, which is obviously yeah, we're all in the same boat at the moment with that, and we're yeah. all just trying to do our own personal training. Which is... Obviously, there's people that I think um, that have people like within their bubble that are like quite vulnerable people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so they don't want to don't want to risk it but yeah which i totally understand completely right, it just gets to the point where you need your partners and family and friends that you live with to let you roll yeah but nah, it's, yeah it's, do no, you know, you're worried ever want to try it or not no nah. not interested at all? simple answer no 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 so because jody came to a class with me in uh um in bristol okay <laughs> yeah learned the triangle oh the triangle you know what? When you you were not once you know how to do the triangle and you get it done to you, you're like, I can't believe that was that tight. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Mate, I cannot triangle anyone. <laughs> my, my legs are just far too thick. But where that does help is that I feel like my half guard is quite tight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you're topside dominant, aren't you? You know. Yeah. It's it's, it's everyone's game's different, isn't it? So mine's the guard because I've got long legs and. I want to yeah, try and mate. shoot for the triangle, but it's it's different for for yourself. You're topside dominant, and you learn very quickly not to be on the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely. But, no, yeah, it's, God, I, this fight feels like it has just gone on forever. Yeah, it's a full five round fight. I suppose. Oh no, the first fight went five. Uh, no, it was three rounds, wasn't it? In the f- two five seven. Oh, the, the birds were fighting. Yeah, the two women. Yeah. 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 No, this is a good fight. Mate, what's your top three favourite UFC fights? Oh, so... Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler. Yes, that's I'm not going to put them in any particular order. No, that's right, yeah, just top three. Um, That was pretty incredible. Uh, I liked Gustafson, John Jones won. Yeah, that was a good fight. That was a big fight. Because I think that's... People were saying like that was the first like real test. Yeah, he had. It is it was someone who obviously was a very good striker and had the same build as him as a light heavyweight. Which he yeah, was, yeah. I suppose he wasn't. Uh... So Gustafson went up to a heavyweight, didn't he, to fight uh, Fabrice Redu? We just, I think he got armbarred in his first or second, first round. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and uh, last one. Oh God, you put me on the spot. I, the last one is. Uh, I'm sure if you said it's like three now, I would be able to go. 
yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah. But this it's like the last spot. But there's there's ones which like not necessarily the 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 best fights, but like iconic moments like GSP Johnny Hendrix. To me that was so iconic. Like Yeah. And then obviously retired, and then when he redeemed that, himself with Matt Hughes, because I think everyone was saying that um, he should have lost that fight. Should yeah, be. yeah, it could have gone either way, you know. I mean, God, what is the third? What's yours? What is yours? I oh, still one. Mate, the one that I would pick, like I definitely have Robbie Lawler um, and Roy McDonald. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I would have. Um, We've mentioned it before. Uh, Tyrone Woodley and Stephen Thompson, first one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Conor Gregor and ADS too. Yeah. But then I, I am just a massive fan boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, mate, that was a good fight now. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what what is your favourite moment? Or, like, you're the most where you went, uh, How if an alien come down, how would I explain that we are the same uh, species? What? <laughs> <laughs> like so when Demetrius Johnson like goes to suplex and then catches him in the arm bar oh right that um, to me was like that that how I don't think I could do that if someone let me nah um yeah that was pretty incredible who was that against uh, Ray Borg or Ray something? Borg yeah um I don't know there, there's there's moments like in the uh Tyrone Woodley Rory McDonald fight that I think it's at the end of the fourth round because uh, it finished in the fifth, didn't it? Uh, end of the fourth round where they just kind of just look at each other and like um, Robbie Lord just spits his blood out. Yeah. And he just like just right, let's go, let's keep going. Yeah, I think that took a, a little bit of both of their souls. I had to 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 do what they they did was again. It's like literally we're prepared to die in the octagon. Yeah, 100%. But that that was a good fight. What about when Francis Ngannou punched Alistair Overeem's head? Oh, into mate. orbit, mate. Mate, I tell you what, though. One of the biggest knockouts that I've seen um, wasn't heavyweights. It was the featherweights. Um, could you remember when Brian Ortega knocked out Frank Ecker? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With strikes. Mate, yeah. Like, literally took him... Like it, yeah. it was the same sort of thing with Francis Ngannou and uh, uh, Overeem, but yeah, that was because that was the first time Frank Kagan got stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the Francis Ngannou, um, oh, is that dick kicking in? Um, yeah, when Francis Ngannou knocked out Alistair Overeem, like that was. That I was think crazy. Francis Stipe is going to go too. I don't know. I just kind of hope he's uh, practiced his wrestling. Oh yeah, but he lived at the PI, didn't he? For 18 months to a year so he's he's gonna be yeah well versed in in wrestling i mean i know stipe's pretty good wrestler but i i just think francis is i think he's gonna do it do you reckon yeah what and then uh john jones fight the winner uh, john jones got to fight someone before that he can't just hop in yeah. do you know what i would like though right yeah i would like if francis won i would like to have a ufc africa because then you'd have Kamara's man. Yeah, yeah. Is there sign yet? And Francis Ngannou, three African champions. Yeah. How yeah. sick would that be? Yeah. Man, and like, ultimately, the sport's only as good as the people are good. And... It, Mate, big, like, out, outdoor, like, uh, uh, where, where did Muhammad Ali fight? Um, Thriller Manila. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Philippines. 
Oh, was that the Philippines, was it? Manila's the Philippines, isn't it? No, you got a clue. Yeah. Yeah, but like kind of that sort of thing, like, yeah, that'd be savage. Yes, but no, yeah, something like that would be, that'd be unreal. Like, but it's, it's like, obviously we're saying this, but inspiring people there to do it. Yeah, like Francis yeah. Ngano, I follow um, a guy, I think his name's Sam Crook. He's black belt jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, he works for the Francis Ngano Foundation in Cameroon. Right. And like he's basically relies on like people like Tatami Scramble, other people doing like ghee like donations. And he basically just trains like the kids out there kids and stuff like that to to give them like something to work towards. And he's got like twenty young kids and then like twenty like adolescents and a couple of adults. And the other day he actually posted that one of them had, had an MMA fight, one of the adults. That's cool. And Francis Ngano Foundation, so obviously he put some money towards it, but yeah, it's it's that's that's what you you need really in it you need is only as good as that your the sport is only as good as the best person yeah which seems a very silly comment but if you're not inspiring people younger to get better if you're imagine you're grappling striking training that is your only thing you want to do from the age of five from the day you walk but i tell you what jujitsu is definitely something that i'll get my kids into 100 percent. yeah it's the discipline it's the discipline, I think, which is the main thing they can gain from it. Man, I've, I've never done... Um, I did Taekwondo like, when I was back in primary school. But apart from that, I've never really done any like proper martial arts at, like as an adult. Yeah. Or like a, you know, like a late teenager. But I don't know, I just feel like Jiu-Jitsu is just different. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because I do it. Yeah. I th- yeah. Like, do you feel like it's just obviously it's, it's a completely different sport but just the whole like vibe of it is it different to rugby yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure because um, rugby is obviously quite uh, another like intimate sport where you're just like you know especially when you're in a scrum yeah 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 no for sure but it's um yeah i i feel like you're you get closer with the people you're trying to basically submit kill what not because you guys are the only guys who can experience what you're experiencing because you're in the same boat yeah yeah um and there's obviously levels to your personal skill now for example myself a blue belt against a black belt there's levels to it like you know and yeah of course it's it's very obvious and you don't have one thing i will say is there are egos don't last on the map oh yeah definitely they, they, they're gone like they go so quick like you know so there's always someone better it's always something you can learn and the ego has to go otherwise you'll never develop and i think that is something which is in other sports. Um, egos, like that, it's just a thing, and it's not necessarily not stamped out, but it's harder to stamp one out in, like you just said, rugby. Because you've got the best player on your team has a massive ego. Yeah. You want him to play on your team. And some players are those players who have the egos that have the flair to play, you know? Where if someone's not prepared to, to help you in jiu-jitsu, or they're their ego doesn't allow them to learn. They're only detrimental to themselves because you're a team, but you're an individual within that team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because like with jiu-jitsu, you step on the mat, mate, you kind of, as much as you'd have like Antonio or like, you know, Salvo or Coach Steve on the sidelines, like, you know, helping you out from there, you're on your own there. Yeah. And if you were too proud to say, I didn't get that or I didn't, you're now on the mat by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, where, yeah, it's, it's not, but it's kind of like in a way I, I look at cricket. You're an individual in a team. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with jujitsu. You're an individual on the team. You are the only person responsible for your own personal growth. And if you have too much pride to allow yourself to grow, then you're screwed. Where in a team sport, in terms of like, so for like cricket, if you're batting, if you don't put the hours in in the net, you are the only person that's going to not do well. Yeah, yeah. You know, which ultimately does affect your team. But you personally, when you bat, the idea was to get as many runs as you can for the team. Yeah. But for yourself. So you're batting for yourself. In rugby, you know, oh, I don't really fancy going for this run. Don't really fancy lifting weights. I don't really fancy working on my line-out skills, things like that. You might be able to, oh, he ain't that good at line-out, so I'll just put him in the back, you know. Or, yeah, yeah. Or oh, you can hide. Anyone who's played rugby knows you can hide on the pitch. You can. Oh, I'll let this rock. I'll make sure I'm on the bottom of it and I'll have 30 seconds. Like, you know, is so you can hide. And that's that's what I say when it comes to the ego. It just it's just disappears because who looks the bigger tit when you haven't worked hard and you're on the mat getting submitted yeah. in a minute like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, two hours in. Two hours deep. Two hours deep, mate. Oh, my days. We'll, uh, we'll call that enough. Call that enough, yeah, mate. yeah. Thank you very much, James. It's been a pleasure. Mate, and uh, next time. Next time. Cool, we out.